Full credit to the boys is brought to you using quality microphones and interfaces from Rode Microphones. Australian owned and operated, Rode products are world-class audio equipment. If you're creating a podcast or making music, you need Rode on your side. Rode Microphones, exclusive audio sponsor of Full Credit to the Boys. This week on Full Credit to the Boys, Nathan Cleary proves the apple never falls far from the tree. We review NRL Round 8, 1999, and Dan Ganane swings by. Welcome to Full Credit to the Boys. Well, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Full Credit Boys Live from the Craig Gower Quarantine Studios. You can find us on Twitter at FCTTB underscore podcast. On Instagram, FCTTB Podcast, or one word. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at former underscore legend or search the hashtag massive social influencer. You can find the bloke to my right on Twitter at Sid Punts. And TikTok. <laughs> He's a man who this week tested negative to COVID-19, but positive to scurvy. He refused to do tonight's show until his pay rate was confirmed with his union. And tonight, he's wearing a seatbelt. Welcome, Sid. Yes, well, thank you, former. Hello, Australia. Hello, world. Did you know in the past week, former, we've sold membership packs to New Zealand, the UK, USA and Humpty Doo in the Northern <laughs> Territory? I didn't know that was an actual place, but it is. We've gone global, former. Uh, I don't know how long it will take for all of you to get your membership packs due to these unprecedented times. Uh, remember Newman in Seinfeld? Yes. The male never sleeps, Jerry. Sam Newman. Australia Post does sleep, though. <laughs> it's uh, going to take some time for you all to get the... Membership packs, but uh, I was speaking to our good friends at Mayor Inc. during the week, and there should be some new merch coming soon, hopefully. Oh, yeah, that, you showed me that. Very yes, exciting it's times. Very exciting. Um, who are you betting, Humpty Doo or New Zealand? Who's going to get it first? Oh, they, they actually warned me about Humpty Doo. <laughs> did they? they did. <laughs> yeah. New Zealand, not a drama. Humpty <laughs> yeah. Doo. Ooh, we'll see geez. what happens. We need the chief minister from the territory to be invited over, like, uh, what's her name? Ahern? Jacinda. Yeah, that's her. Your mate. I like her. This is Brian Henderson. I'm Alan Jones. I'm Vivian Chin. This is Kent Brockman. I'm on Burgundy. The stories that will hit the headlines tomorrow. Yeah, the biggest stories from the week, and the big one comes from the Sawtell Sun. And uh, the headline reads, couple arrested for selling golden tickets to heaven, Sid. Yeah, nice. Uh, Dusty and Gail Storm were arrested over the weekend for selling golden tickets to heaven uh, to hundreds of people. <laughs> uh, the couple who sold the tickets on the streets for ninety nine ninety nine per ticket. That's good. You've got to pitch it there. People think, oh, it's not even it's 100, 100 bucks. It's yeah, clever. It's clever. That is clever. Good marketing, um, Dusty. Until you add postage on it. Um, Told, Free postage. Told buyers the tickets were made from solid gold and each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Uh, simply present the ticket at the pearly gates and you're in, he said. <laughs> People can sell tickets to heaven, a Jacksonville police uh, officer said. But the um, Gail, Storm, Gail and uh, Dusty Storm uh, misrepresented their product. The ticket was just wood spray painted, <laughs> sorry, wood spray painted gold with ticket to heaven written in texter, admit one. <laughs> Uh, you can sell something. How many of these did they sell? 
they sold out. Hundreds, they said. <laughs> you can't sell something as gold when it's not. That's the, that's the stipulation. Yeah, that's the issue they've got. It's a good point. Yeah. Uh, that's where uh, they crossed the line. Dusty Storm, in his police statement, one of the great police statements, said, I don't care what the police say. The tickets were solid gold. Good start. It ain't cut up two by fours. I spray painted gold. <laughs> and it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC and said to sell them so I could get some cash to go into outer space. I met an alien named Stevie. Stevie the alien. <laughs> who said if I got the cash together, he'd take me and my wife on the flying saucer to his planet that's made entirely of crack cocaine. And who would want to be there, Sid? Oh, yeah. Um, apparently, um, Cassie is already on her way. Uh, <laughs> you could smoke all the crack cocaine you want, uh, totally free. Uh, so try to send an innocent man to jail just to see for that. We'll just see what happens. Yeah, tough talking, Dusty. He, he said, you should arrest Jesus because he's the one that gave me the golden ticket and said to sell them. I'm willing to wear a wire and set Jesus up if I have to. <laughs> <laughs> Gail Storm said in her police statement, we just wanted to leave Earth and go to space and smoke crack cocaine. I didn't do anything. Dusty did all the talking and sold all the tickets to heaven. Give up. I just watched. Clearly, Gail's as solid as a lemonade sandwich. Um, police said they confiscated over 10 grand in cash, wow. five crack pipes, and... Significantly, a baby alligator. Of course. Uh, Of course they did. Earlier this year, a pastor in Harare in uh, Zimbabwe, uh, Pastor Paul Sanginyor, uh, was arrested for fraud after he performed his services with Papa God on the phone. Oh, yeah. He just popped out his phone and called heaven. Yeah, that was awesome. And uh, in March this year, Jonathan Shuttlesworth, who was a dead-set lunatic, uh, he tried to get all his followers a one-way trip to their maker. Uh, he told everyone, because he's a tele-evangelist over mm-hmm. in America, yep. and he co-founded the Revival Today TV. Sid, any good? It's better than our Today show here. <laughs> uh, he called out European churches that are making taking measures to prevent the spread of coronavirus. The conservative Christian pastor issue, issued an angry rebuke of churches, uh, taking measures to prevent the spread of coronavirus, telling them they are sissies, pansies, and they've been neutered. Yeah, no, it's a good point. Um, <laughs> old mate Dusty Storm, back to him. You want to be careful wearing a wire and trying to set up Jesus. Yes. I hear he's uh, well-connected. Massive crime family. Uh, his dad is literally the godfather. <laughs> but uh, I love how in America, the land of the free, it's not a crime to sell tickets to heaven, but it's a crime to pretend that it was a gold bar. Anyway. <laughs> That's fraud. They've, they've got some strange laws in the US of A. Uh, here's a selection of laws that you wonder, why was there a need to introduce this rule? Here's one from Missouri. It is illegal to wrestle bears. Why? I don't know. In Iowa, it is illegal to throw a brick onto a highway unless <laughs> you have the written permission from the mayor. Don't know why you would need that. In New, Me- New Mexico, idiots are banned from voting. Idiots? Yep. Not a lot of voting in uh, New Mexico? You wouldn't think so. In Tennessee, it's illegal to share your Netflix password. <laughs> the cops will come knocking on your door. Pornhub Premium, not a drama. Not a drama at all. In South Dakota, it's illegal to fall asleep in a cheese factory. Yeah, interesting. Apparently, it's pretty dangerous. Mm. And in Vermont, it's illegal for women to wear false teeth without their husband's approval. <laughs> the land of the free, US of A. <laughs> The next story. My voice is getting a bit croaky. The scurvy's playing. <laughs> next story comes from the Wagga Mercury. Uh, meth user fights off 15 police officers while masturbating in bar. <laughs> An Oregon man 
faced court this week after being high on meth and fighting off 15 police officers Whoa. after allegedly refusing to stop publicly masturbating in a bar. Where's Dick- this? Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, apparently it's illegal to jerk <laughs> off in a bar in Oregon. Unless the mayor says. Stupid rules. He uh, didn't have written permission. Dick Hole, 37, exposed himself to a bartender at Iggy's Bar and Grill on December 22 before he began pleasuring himself, according to police. He then moved into the bathroom where he continued his inappropriate behaviour before police were called to the scene. He was in the bathroom? Well, that's it. Let him go, mate. Let him uh, go. Deputy Donnie Brook, who was the first officer on the scene, used a taser on the suspect multiple times, but it had no effect, according to a police statement. The two then got into a fight before police reinforcements arrived at the bar. It took more than 15 police officers from three different forces to finally arrest Dick Hole, who was taken to a local hospital for assessment. I wonder how uh, that assessment worked out for him. Well, I'm not sure, but he's been held on charge. He was held on charges of public indecency, resisting arrest and theft of services. He told officers he had no recollection of the event, but admitted that he'd taken some meth. Yeah, no, so this is that's where I, I think meth gets a bad rap, Sid. Yeah, it absolutely does. Here's a drug that it's gets a hell of a drug. Gets you as toe as a Roman sandal. Yep. Gets you immune to a, a taser, which yeah. that's got to be handy, and then gets you fighting multiple law enforcement officers all at once, all while having a crank. Yeah, people want to bag it. This should be an Olympic sport. <laughs> this should be allowed. Check out Tokyo. You're a chance. <laughs> but, uh, but I don't know, man. You can never put yourself in the shoes of a police officer and figure out how you would react to certain situations. But if you're trying to stop a bloke from jerking off, I don't know if I'd taser him. <laughs> I mean, can't you just wait wait it out? <laughs> how long can a bloke jerk off for me? Talk oh, him. You can talk him down. I'm probably not the best. Dead uh, kittens. Dead you're kittens. Probably, you're probably not the best person to ask how long you could go for. You'd do it all day if you could. Oh, it's a bad example. I have been giving it a right go I this bet week. you have. Let's move on. But uh, tasering him to make him stop... I'd just hold up a photo of Kim Kardashian's ass. You know that one that's not been photoshopped? Have yeah. you seen that? <laughs> yeah. What is that thing? Canamble uh, Courier has provided us with the next story, and the headline reads, Woman tried to pass off dog urine as her own during drug tests. Clever. Uh, Sung Yang. No, you're uh, not clever. It seems like she's been caught out. A Kentucky woman... Uh, gave her probation officer a dog urine sample during a drug screening, police said. Julie Miller, 40, of RJ. Who's RJ? I don't know, but at 40, you should know better, Julie. Was arrested. Get off the gear, mate. Was arrested Monday on a charge of tampering with physical... You were charged with tampering at one stage, weren't you? We can't, I can't talk about that. Uh, with pending. physical evidence. The Pineville Police Department said in a release on its Facebook page where all the good uh, police re- reports are, <laughs> are laid bare for everyone to read. She also has uh, been charged with parole violation trafficking in a controlled substance. She's got form on the board, Julie. Uh, Julie admitted she tried to use drug, sorry, the dog urine as her own sample, uh, giving it to officers as the Bell County Probation Parole Officer during a regular probation visit. Uh, Miller pleaded guilty in Bell County Court in November to a charge of first-degree possession of controlled substance. Well, I had to go and research this, didn't I? And you'd be surprised, or maybe not, maybe you wouldn't be surprised, how many people are asking on the internet whether they can pass off their dog's (laughs) urine as their own for a drug test. And thanks to Reddit user Urethra Franklin, I got the answer. Yeah? Urethra said that the only difference between dog urine and human urine is that they come out of different species. <laughs> Thanks for that. Otherwise, she goes on to say... Is that Professor Urethra? <laughs> this, this is some kind of doctor. Um, 
Otherwise, she goes on to say, it's next to impossible to tell them apart. Dog urine contains water, bacteria, ammonia, uric acid, exactly the same as humans. Pal. But it also has dog hormones in it. <laughs> oh, well, what a giveaway. So Although, unless the urine is tested, you can't tell. There's been a couple of nights at the vinyl room where dog hormones were prevalent. <laughs> it's um, very helpful. Thank you, urethra. I find this is a real wonderful turn of events, Sid, given the history of the greyhound industry going the other way and having dog's urine, urine substituted with human piss. <laughs> That's a good point. 2019, greyhound trainer Neil Dempsey was slammed when his dog tested positive for human antidepressants after he claimed the animal drank his urine. Uh, Neil was found... Oh, what a twist. <laughs> Neil was found to have breached uh, racing rules after a sample from his dog, Peds Minx, Piss Mix, uh, was found to contain uh, venlaxifene, a medicine used to treat depression or anxiety, on two separate occasions, Sid. <laughs> he claimed that when he walked his dog, he would pee in the fields and his dog would lick his urine up. Yeah, no, it seems legit. In April 2019, the Greyhound Board of uh, Great Britain, the GBGB, also uh, held disciplinary hearings for two trainers whose dogs have been tested positive for cocaine sin. <laughs> <laughs> One dog, appropriately named, get this, Sniffing Out, no. tested positive at South East London's Crayford Stadium on the 26th of June 2018. Uh, the others, Blue Lad and Trapezius, tested positive at Shawfield Stadium near Glasgow on uh, 1st of June and the 8th of June in 2018. The Flying Squad found that ben- benzoglycoline, oh, yeah, benzoglycoline and hydroxycocaine metabolites um, in all the greyhounds' urines, indicating that it had been metabolised by the dog's livers. In addition, other stewards took a hair sample from Blue Lad in uh, July 2008, and they found actual cocaine. Makes <laughs> You'd me, be shaving those dogs down. Makes you wonder how strong the Colombian greyhound scene is. <laughs> It'd be pretty strong over there. <laughs> Jeez, they're quick. They do good times. And in March 2018, uh, four-year-old flyer TriStar was caught with cocaine in his system after blowing away rivals on the track. Sorry, the substance, cocaine, which can boost performance, was discovered in a urine sample taken before he stormed a victory at Shawfield, again, at Shawfield Track and Rutherglen. Yeah, I was on him that day. Uh, the dog's, rough punt, yeah. the, the dog's first test had low traces of cocaine, but the test was found to actually be urine, uh, human urine. Mm-hmm. So he's tested... They've tested the dog. The dog had a little bag there. Somehow. Down his undies. It's had human urine. A subsequent test of the dog by stewards found the dog had more cocaine in its system when they actually got its urine. (laughs) But despite... It's a bit of a fail there from the trainer. Despite finding trainer William Ray, 70, of... See, again, you should know better at 70. Um... A disciplinary hearing ruled the bizarre case a mystery and let him keep his license. <laughs> In a statement, the Greyhound Board of Great Britain, the GBGB, uh, said something has gone seriously wrong when it is found that a greyhound has been exposed to cocaine. Now, talented champ TriStar, who uh, who has racked up five that's right, racked up five <laughs> wins at Shawfield during his thirty-five race career, won last October's meeting. In less than 30 seconds, yeah. the 6 to 4 favourite clocked an average speed of 37 miles an hour, tearing around the 480 metre track. Wind assisted. The trainer claimed a person he reckoned behaved like a drug user, patted his greyhound, but couldn't say if that had been when the drug, the, sorry, the dog had been exposed to the drug. No, I'd say that would be it. <laughs> Those examples are heaps better than mine. I just thought of the time that I took a couple of uh, multivitamins and it turned my piss bright orange. Have you ever noticed that? Yes. And I was at the urinal. Was packed, 
filled the whole trough with his bright orange piss. There was heaps of blokes at the trough, and right down the end, one bloke yelled out, Oi, which one of yous has been rooting a pumpkin? <laughs> FCTTV. Fine. Fine. Well, Sid, once again, no rugby league. No. Which Boo. forces us into... But it's coming. It's coming soon. It's coming soon. Get Quicker excited. than AFL, I reckon. <laughs> well, there. Yeah, anyway, we'll get on to that later. <laughs> we will. Um, so we better get back into the DeLorean. Yeah. And this year, I believe we're heading all the way back to 1999. Oh, it was a simpler time back then. Yeah. Just before the Olympics. The new stadium was getting built. <laughs> Well, you'll you find out a couple of those I things. I can't remember what we said back then. Uh, well, when we're, what station were we on then? We are on a university station, I believe. We were. It was Western Sydney, Milpera <laughs> FM. <laughs> that was a great uni out there. It was. The uh, mighty MacArthur Rams. I think we're using road products there. And, um, well, let's get back in the DeLorean. Listen to 2000 and, sorry, 1999, round eight of the NRL. <laughs> Well, we began on um, Saturday where Manly were too strong for the Parramatta Eels winning 12 points to six. It was a tight one. Out there at Brookvale. Uh, traditional rivals, Manly and Parramatta, battled out an 80-minute arm wrestle before the Seagulls eventually scraped home with the wind with a late Daniel Gartner try sealing the win for the home team in front of a great crowd of 8,000 people, Sid, out Huge. there at Brookvale. It's the first win of the year for the Seagulls after unbelievably starting with seven losses in a row. Whilst for the Eels, they now have a 50% record after eight rounds. It was a great finish to the week for the Manly side with uh, Australian Prime Minister John Howard announcing a complete makeover of the ageing ground set to take place at the end of the year. Can't uh, wait to see that. In order for the Oval to host a number of Olympic events, including possibly the closing ceremony. Wow. Yeah. They'll go off up there. That'll be great. Mm. This was a uh, cracking game. Saw the Sea Eagles, as you say, finally get their first win of the season. Uh, a game the Eels were expected to win, but it was a good showing from the Eagles, especially from the old boy, Cliffy Lyons, who returns to Manly this year after being cut last year. They didn't want him, but he's back this week to try and save Manly's season after seven losses in a row. The oldest player in the league at 37 years old. And he will pass 300 games for Manly if he gets a good run this year. Wow. Yeah. According to Full Crew at the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, King Hitting Carl and his Newcastle nightclub loving brother, uh, Jeans Shitting Sean, young Steve Menzies for Manly was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Yeah, it's great to see Menzies and Lions out there Reunited again, again. running amok. Uh, for a back rower, Menzies is a prolific try scorer. He's been the Eagles' top try scorer. Get this: in 1995, sorry, 1994, 95, 96, 98, and he'll top the count there again this year, which is 1999 as well. You mark my words. Uh, now in his 11th season of coaching in the NRL, Parramatta's Brian Smith. Uh, has his best chance at a long away to premiership with his current Eels outfit. After two stints at England, uh, at both Bradford and Hull, and at his third club in Australia after coaching the Steelers and then the Dragons, a title looks to be his utmost destiny. And uh, 1999 looks to be the year. With such a solid group of players led by captains Jim Dimmick and Jared McCracken, Smith is sure to reach his third grand final after losing two with the Dragons. 
Uh, you get the feeling, Sid, that once he cracks that duck, a number of titles will start coming his way. Oh, I think that's right. He's coached over 300 games of top-grade rugby league already in his career, Smithy, as I know him. He's coached at Illawarra, Hull, St. George, Bradford, and now Parramatta. The players love his intensity, and it's only a matter of time for Brian Smith, Smithy, and indeed Parramatta, to break through and win a comp, or maybe even five. You'd imagine that, that it's only so. a matter of time. Did you see on the footy show, um, Fatty Vorton called Jared McCracken Phil? Classic, uh, classic stuff. I love that show. Classic stuff. It's hilarious. Uh, it'll be around forever, that show. Melbourne <laughs> were far too strong for South Sydney on Saturday. Down there at Olympic Park, winning 52 points to six. That's old Olympic Park now. That's right. We've got new Olympic Parks coming, Melbourne. Suck on that. <laughs> the storm. Absolutely. That 1950s jerk-off Olympics. What about the Olympic Committee this week releasing the volunteers' uh, jerseys and, oh, and uniforms? They look fantastic. I have not seen them. That multicoloured Akubra, that's timeless. Oh, wow. Uh, the storm. Absolutely hammered an insipid bunny side in a nine tries to one pumping at Olympic Park in front of an amazing crowd of 10,000 fans. The Storm managed doubles to Matt Geyer and Marcus By, with Geyer finishing with 24 points by himself. He's a gun. Yep. The Storm have lost two, sorry, have lost just two games this year. And for the, while the Bunnies, they've seemed to hit a snag after starting the season like a house on fire. And they've slowed now to be at four wins and four losses. Yeah, well, the Storm are on fire this year. 1999 in only their second season they started last year and all they could do was mostly sign super leagues unwanted players Mm. and now here they are smashing everyone in front of them their ceo john rebo should be congratulated firstly on creating absolute carnage in rugby league nearly destroying the whole game but now we've got this purple team from melbourne that i know everyone will absolutely love and make their second team for sure this week Johnny Rebo has signed an exclusive deal that will see all the Storm's games being beamed into China every week. Wow! How exciting. This is exciting times for rugby league. What a vision. Uh, according to Full Crew the Boys' Backyard Stats Lab, Sharp Shiv Sean and his less dangerous brother, Silver Spoon Steve, Glenn Lazarus was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and one tackle bust. The man they call the prick with eyes is a walk-up start to being immortal once his career is finished and it's hard to imagine that this bloke wouldn't be successful in anything he turns his hand to. Yeah, he's a great player. It uh, really is a team of misfits down there though. You wonder how they'll survive. They relied on players from now defunct Super League clubs to put together their roster, as I mentioned before. So they could really only sign dregs like Robbie Kearns, Matt Geyer, Rodney Howe, all from the Western Reds, Scott Hill, Robbie Ross. Has Robbie Brett... Howe lost some... Rodney Howe lost some size since he's come back? Yeah, from 1998 <laughs> to this season. He looks a lot smaller. Yeah, he had 22 weeks out of the game, unfortunately. <laughs> Scotty Hill... Robbie Ross and Brett Kamali, strugglers from the Hunter Marathons that they've picked up. Uh, add to that the other no-names like Robbie Ross, Danny Williams and back row twins to wear a Nick out and Steve Kearney. Wow. And it really shows that this new club will need help mm. uh, if it can get to be competitive in the top grade. I don't see it Bunch myself. of battlers down there. Uh, now, far from me, Sid, to have a crack at a bloke's physical condition. Yeah. But South, South Sydney captain Sean Garlick... Looks to have had a real good off-season, if you know what I mean. Now in his 10th season in first grade, Garlic is clearly in the twilight of his career. And to be frank, 
If he wants to return to his former career of being a police officer, he might want to hit the gym before he tries to put on his old shirts. Jeez, he's throwing some stones. Well, after Melbourne scored You're their... in a glass house. After, <laughs> after Melbourne scored their eighth try on Saturday, yep. some of the crowd began heckling Garlic, and about a 1,000 fans started chanting, who ate all the pies? Oh, that's nasty. They're fitting in well, those fans down there in Melbourne. Uh, Penrith uh, were too strong for North Sydney Bears, winning 20 points to 18 on Saturday afternoon at uh, Penrith Football Stadium. Uh, Penny Panthers did just enough to beat the North Sydney Bears in a two-point thriller out there at Penrith Stadium in front of 13,000 working-class fans. Both Robbie Beckett and the dreamy Ryan Girdler scored doubles for their home team, uh, while the Bears scored three of their own. The loss leaves the Bears mid-pack on 10 points after eight rounds, while the Panthers sit pretty on top of the table on 14 points. Ah, the mighty North Sydney Bears. In these uncertain times in 1999, with talk that clubs will be cold at the end of the season, you can't imagine North Sydney going anywhere. No. They've got plans to move up to the central coast at Gosford, which is a good fit for the Bears' former. What people don't realise is a lot of Central Coast residents actually have holiday houses on the lower north shore of Sydney, places like Lavender Bay and Kirribilli, and oldies who live at places like Mossman love nothing more than travelling up to Woi Woi for the day. Beautiful. Grab a pie for lunch. So I reckon it's a great fit. The Bears have also signed a lucrative contract with a massive company called BBX that will ensure that they receive... Free stationery for the next two seasons. Wow. Wait. Google that. Wow. <laughs> so the Bears' financial position What's has Google? never looked stronger. <laughs> uh, look up an Encyclopedia Britannica. According to Full Credit, the boys, I'm going to get on the microfiche at the library and try yeah, and find a story about idea. that. According to Full Credit, the boys, <laughs> Backyard Stats Lab, front kicking Craig and his weirdo brother, bum sniffing Simon. New Penrith recruit. Scott Sattler. Was I hate Simon. He's so annoying. <laughs> Scott Sattler was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Originally from the Gold Coast Seagulls and then the South Queensland Crushers and then the Gold Coast Chargers. Some are saying he's the player you want to sign if you want your club to fold. Crazily is apparently the reason why the Balmain Tigers, the Western Suburbs Magpies and the North Sydney Bears are all. And also you can add that the South Sydney Rabbitohs all refused to sign him. Yeah, well, that's a good idea. Uh, there were some good performances right across the park in this game, to be honest. Brett Dallas, he was huge for the mm. Bears. As was, she runs straight and can find the line. As was Queenslander, Queenslander, Billy Moore. And for the Panthers, Girdler looked great all day, just in those little shorts. Yeah, he does. Uh, after the 1997 SCG misunderstanding where he allegedly filled cups with his own piss and threw them Allegedly. into the air during a Mexican wave, the Bears' Jason Taylor looks to have really turned a corner. Following the overly harsh punishment from that incident that saw him removed as an Australia Day ambassador, can you believe that, Sid? That's that, crazy. That's what so, an Australia Day ambassador should be doing. Exactly right. Taylor What's is wrong all, with this country? Taylor is all fullback, uh, sorry, all football these days, and he deserves his second chance in our great game. 100%. And those close to the gun halfback tell me he, he has an amazing football brain, and some, some are tipping he'll make a gun coach someday in the future. Yeah, I can see that. He's a uh, St. Greg's boy, came through the Magpies. It was a sad day when we let him go to the Bears, but on to bigger and better things. Looks to be, yeah. For the young lad. 
Uh, Sunday in Balmain were too good for the Western Suburbs suburbs Magpies. 28 points to 16 Boom. at Leichhardt Oval. They're the Maggies. The Tigers were too strong for a weak-looking Western, Western Suburbs Magpie team, comfortably winning by 12 points in front of 10,000 fans at the eighth wonder of the world, Leichhardt Oval. I was there. It was a six tries. So was I. It was a six tries to three hammering. With hammering? Only, with oh, only... Man. Only the cement boot of Joel Kane keeping the Magpies close. He kicked two goals from seven attempts. And a bit of a tip for you players who, who like to... Sorry, for you people who like to identify new talent. The Tigers' Chris Morecambe looks to be a real talent, scoring three tries in a great afternoon for the big bloke. Unusually big for a winger. Yeah. Uh, the popular Tiger was later seen slaying them on the dance floor at the beautifully appointed Balmain Leagues Club. Yeah, he's a great player, Morecambe. A real find for Balmain. He actually made his debut. I'm not sure if you know about this. Four seasons ago. Oh, I know. He's been on the fringe of first grade for the past five years. He's a poor trainer, I've heard, but a great player and very popular with the ladies. The chicks love him. This was a hard-fought game. These two clubs actually hate each other. Yep. Have done so since 1908. Tough game of footy. With Baumain just too good on the day for my beloved Magpies. According to Full Crew of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, head budding Harry and his popular sister, head giving Hannah. Solomon Hamono looks to be an astute signing for the Tigers, and he was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, a, three line breaks, and a tackle bus. Now, despite chasing his ex girlfriend, Gabrielle Richens, across the world, yep. uh, she dumped him, so he, he has returned to Sydney to play rugby league again. It must be hard for the big bloke to try and forget about the pleasure machine, as this month she features on the cover of Playboy magazine and is still in a number of his teammates' wank banks. Still in my wank bank former. <laughs> Look, he's the kind of guy that you want at your club. The guys that would just give up a rugby league contract in a heartbeat to, hate, to chase skirt overseas. That's good recruiting from the Balmain Tigers. But gee, she was hot. Uh, there was obvious feeling in this game. Is, with, is hot. <laughs> yeah, there was a. Well, she, exactly. She was she was hot the last She's, time she was here. Uh, there was obvious feeling in this game with a number of fights breaking out during both halves. Referee Rod Lawrence certainly had his hands full, keeping the protagonists apart. With a number of the Magpies showing how much they despise the Tigers club. Yeah, hate them. Uh, with without putting too fine of a point on it. Players like Brett Hodgson, Kevin McGuinness, Cherry, Cherry Mesher, and Legend. John Scandalis Champion. from the Western Suburbs were all cited for rough conduct, conduct throughout this game, with all four players kissing the Magpies badge anytime they got a cheap shot on one of the clean-playing Tigers players. It'll Whatever. Be, it'll be interesting to see when these two teams face each other again in Round 21 as their hatred looks to be going nowhere. Yeah, I can't wait. I'll be out there screaming. <laughs> I'm going to every home game this year for the Magpies in what... Sadly, I'm assuming maybe our last season, unless we can pull $40 million out of our ass and <laughs> renovate our shitty little stadium. We've only got a few months to go. I'm still hopeful. I don't think I think that's the last we'll see of the Magpies ever again. Uh, Sunday and Canberra were too strong. Uh, sorry, had a draw with Newcastle. 21 all at Brucey Woosey Stadium in front of 12,580 fans. Uh, the Raiders and the Knights played out a 21-all draw at Brucey Woosey Stadium uh, in front of 12,000 hypothermia sufferers. Uh, the Raiders scored three tries while the Knights crossed the line four times with Joey John's boot going missing, kicking just two goals from five attempts. It's the first draw of the 1990 season. And as I always say, Sid, much like kissing your sister, a draw is great fun, but you feel weird every time your sister goes for a shower. 
I don't mind. I might kiss. have got that metaphor mixed up a bit, but whatever. I hate draws. <laughs> I don't mind kissing your sister. I think if the game ends in a draw, it should be 30 minutes each way to decide the game. That's a good idea. What do you think? That's a good idea. But in this game, Brandon Coston, he had a great game. He used to be called Brandon Pearson. Not sure if you remember that. But due to tax reasons, he changed his name. He previously played for the Bunnies, the Magpies, and the Roosters. He is a try-scoring machine and looks to be forming a very close relationship with Ben Kennedy, both on and off the field. And that could be just the prescription that Canberra needs this year. What do you think? Look, interesting that a bloke that's uh, trying to dodge the tax department moves to Canberra. That's brave, if you know what I'm saying. According to Fulcro the Boys, strange decision. According to Fulcro the Boys, backyard stats lab, machine gun Gary and his less threatening brother, water pistol Willie. Uh, the Raiders' Ben Kennedy was enormous in this one. Said he finished with 41 tackles, 188 running meters, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. Massive stats. Now, the young second rower also got himself a try as he played tough all day. He's certainly a tough player, and it was noted at halftime. Uh, when the Raiders trainer tried to give him a Panadol, but he spat it out and played on with the pain. Check out that story on the microfish at the library. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's tough, Ben Kennedy, in his uh, fourth season now at Canberra. And Coach Mal Meninga loves him, but they've lost a lot of players in the offseason. Brett Hetherington has gone to the Cowboys. Mm. Luke Prittis has gone to the Broncos. And Brad Clyde and Ricky Stewart have both gone to the Bulldogs. You just can't see Ricky and Brad Clyde playing in any other jumper than the line green, can you? Well, no, you can't. But Raiders coach Mal Meninga is certainly achieving great things down there as a coach. Um, after leading the green machine to a title as a player, the big man turned his hand to coaching and looked set for more success. Last year, he performed what he called a performance and culture review at oh, the Raiders. Right. Innovative. Set to deliver results this year, despite at the moment only achieving three wins from eight rounds and seeing good players like Brad Clyde and Ricky Stewart, as you mentioned, Go elsewhere. Yeah, ridiculous decision. But uh, to be fair, this was a great game of footy, an exciting 21-all draw, and uh, look to Owen Craigie having a big season former. I saw an item on Channel 10 during the off-season. Heapsy, we call him. Yeah. <laughs> I saw an item on Channel 10 during the off-season where George Danikian interviewed Owen Craigie. He's, lost. He's, he's a good-looking man, George Danikian. Isn't he? That murky he wears as a, as a hair hat. It's a cracker. But uh, Owen heaps Craigie. He's lost some weight. He looks fit and has been training the house down up there at Merriweather. Look to him to have a great season. Uh, Sunday and Cronulla uh, just fell over the line to beat the Dragons 18 points to 16. Jeez, it was a close one. Uh, out at the Shire. Uh, the Sharkies did just enough to hang on and beat the Dragons in front of 22,000 multiracial fans at uh, Shark Park. It was three tries apiece, with just the dodgy boot of the Dragons' Wayne Bartram being the difference, kicking just two from four for the afternoon. Costly. Uh, Cronulla now enjoy a bye this week as they sit on top of the ladder, while the Dragons sit at four wins from the first eight games. Co-coaches Andrew Farrer and David Waite say their team is a work in progress as they try and mould the Dragons and Steelers in their inaugural year. Co-coaches is always a good idea, I it's think. never failed. Um, Sheen, not... Sheens and Ferner. Yeah. No, no she, a... Sheens and... Um, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's not in your script. I'm going off script. But it's a great fit. Sheens and Bennett. <laughs> That's right. It's a great fit, the St. George-Illawarra merger. They've got the same colours, of course, red yep. and white. St. George has always pinched Illawarra's juniors, like Craig Young and Graham Langlands, and many, many more. Go Google that, microfish that. They now take over the whole southeastern part of New South Wales, St. George Illawarra, 
with only, only a tiny dying peninsula between them called Cronulla. It's mm. a great idea. Sure, the Steelers logo is gone and the cool Illawarra jerseys are gone, but the St. George Club has given up a lot too to form this merger. They've added the word Illawarra onto their existing logo. <laughs> uh, I think that's all. I know, no. I, from my understanding, and I speak to a lot of people down in Illawarra, yeah. they're just happy to see their socks are run around every week. Yeah, that's a good thing. Um, according to Fulker of the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, jaw punching Jerry and his busy brother, still punching Paul. Uh, the shark, the shark, he's between d- him and Simon. They're annoying me. They get on pretty well, too, <laughs> Paul and Simon. Fart sniffing Simon, was it? I think they call anyway. themselves Paul Simon. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, uh, the Sharkies' Dean Treister was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks, and a tackle bust. That's, that's his best stats of the year, oh, Treister. Mate, uh, he's consistent. Yeah. Um, the, the statistician. Uh, the Cronulla Jr. is a definite favourite on the hill in the Shire. The hooker known for his creative ability in attack and his ability to control the game from the ruck. Yeah, great stats from Treester. This was a hard-fought victory for the Sharkies. Um, they've bought some good players in the off-season former. Mm. Paul Mellor comes to the Sharks after stints at South Sydney and the Bulldogs. And apparently, Captain Andrew Eddinghausen has offered Mellor and his wife a place to stay while they settle into life at the Isn't Shire. nice? Yeah, it's great. A family it. club. Yeah, it's good to see. <laughs> it was great to see Dragons 5'8", Anthony Mundine, get a try in his beloved Red V. After a year up there in Brisbane during the Super League, Chock has returned to Sydney and is showing great signs of leadership since being back in the red and white. Yeah. If he can overcome his self-confidence issues... I'm predicting he'll be in the Blues and probably even the Kangaroos number six this year. Oh, and for many years to come. Like you say, he's a bit shy on and off the field, but if he overcomes that, he'll be an absolute legend of the game. Can't fight, though. No. Get under his skin. <laughs> no. Old man could take a, take a punch. Yeah. Only one. Um, Sunday, North Queensland and Brisbane had a 20-all draw up there at Dairy Farmers Stadium. Um, the Cowboys shocked their Queensland cousins, the Broncos, by holding them to 20-all draw at Dairy Farmers in front of 30,000 cousins. Uh, the game finished with the Broncos scoring four tries to three, but the laser boot of Greg Burke kept the Cowboys in it as he landed all four attempts at goal. It's the second draw for the year in this year's comp and the second draw for this round seed. And yeah. as I always say, a draw is like kissing your sister. It gets you hard and gets you looking at your mum in a different way as well. I might have that mixed up again, Sid, but rest assured, I hate draws. It's a terrible metaphor, whatever you're going for there. The uh, Cowboys have bought a new halfback named Paul Green this season. Mm. The former Sharks halfback and hooker comes to the club in the peak of his career, and I reckon he's just what the club needs. He played his 100th first-grade game last week, and he looks set for an origin jersey. I think he'll end up being a real hero up there in cowboy land. I don't think he's a simpleton. Right. According to Full Crew the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Dick Kicking Neville and his weirdo brother, Dick Sniffing Steve, noted wordsmith Gordon Tallis was, Speaking en- of simpletons. <laughs> was enormous in this one for the Broncos, finishing with a, a try to go with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line breaks and a tackle bust. Many people have noted that Tallis plays best when he just stops thinking and plays footy. As Wayne Bennett has noted, Tallis isn't a thinker. He plays best not thinking and shouldn't think any time in the future. When asked what he thought about Bennett's comments, Tallis said, I don't think much at all. (laughs) Yeah, he famously sat out the whole season in 1996 as he'd already signed a Super League contract with Brisbane 
and refused to play for St. George when the competition split. I miss seeing him at the roundabout at Hurstville on a Tuesday night for dollar drinks, former. Enormous. My mate and I used to sit with him and have great chats about life. He, re- he really is a wise man. I think you're being a bit harsh on him with plenty to stay, plenty to say. I'll actually tell you a story off air after this. <laughs> the Broncos made history in this game by having three of their four reserves bench being brothers, Chris, Ben and Shane Walker, and all played strong games from the bench with utility, Chris, playing a hand in two of the Broncos' tries. It's his first year in the NRL and his uh, um, player interview in this week's Rugby League Week makes for interesting reading, Sid. No, oh, what do you say? He collects tracksuits in his spare time. Yeah, right. um, he states that Home and Away is his favourite TV show, uh-huh. and he says he likes to travel but hates partying and one day hopes to meet actor Russell Crowe. Oh, well, good luck to him. He's uh, not much, I haven't heard much of Chris Walker. I know Shane and Ben, mm. but hopefully he does well. Um, the Roosters were too strong for the Bulldogs, winning 42 points to six. The Sydney City Roosters. At uh, the Sydney Football Stadium. Glad they changed their name to that. It's great. They absolutely hammered fellow premiership heavyweights, the Bulldogs, in an eight tries to one obliteration in front of 23,000 sombrero-wearing fans at the Sydney Football Stadium. A first-half double to Robert Miles, as well as two tries to Matt Singh, highlighted the Roosters' attacking prowess on the wings. As the Dogs' defence struggled to contain the combinations, Brad Fittler has formed with his outside backs. The Roosters now share top spot on the table with the Sharks, while the Bulldogs slip into a battle for the back end of the top eight. They absolutely smash them in this one, the Roosters. They have a fantastic team. The likes of Rickardson, Barnhill, Andrew Walker, Matty Singh. And with Fittler and Lamb in the halves, they are an exciting team. I watched a video of Adrian Lamb in the off-season. He's got some moves for me. They'll go well this year, the Roosters. Uh, according to Full Crew the Boys Backyard Stats Lab, Throat Slitting Steve and his strange brother, Goat Kissing Carl. Darren Britt was enormous in this one. He finished with 41 tackles, 188 running metres, a try assist, three line rakes and a tackle bust. Yeah, I love Darren Britt. Uh, he had five seasons at my beloved Western Suburbs Magpies where he made his debut, an absolute hard man of the game. Now in his sixth season at the Dogs, he doesn't age that man. No. And his stats in this game tell the story. 188 running metres is a great effort for the big man. And they're not just kickoff return metres, former. They're the hard yards, my friend. Well, interesting scenes from the Bulldogs' dressing sheds at halftime with halfback Ricky Stewart seemingly taking over the halftime message being delivered by coach Steve Folkes. Stewart interrupted the coach and had Bulldogs staff lower the lights as he ran his teammates through plays on an overhead projector, often stopping his sermon by getting up and adding to the plays by drawing on the wall with Texas. (laughs) I just think it's wonderful seeing Ricky Stewart and Brad Clyde in the great blue and white jerseys of the Bulldogs. They just look better in them, I think. Well, there were better days back then, Sid, at... Um, where MacArthur were we? Uni, FM. What a... Well, it was a TAFE. Not a lot of listeners back then. <laughs> no. We've got a few more now. Um, we didn't sell any membership packs back then. But, jeez, I tell you what, we got a lot right. Yeah. Um, well... That's Interesting sad. times back in 99, wasn't it? Well, it was with the Olympics coming up, teams being folded, teams yep. being amalgamated, teams disappearing off the face of the earth, and uh, the Bunnies having a couple of years off. Yeah, they got punted, and Johnny Rebo de Brizziak, <laughs> that jerk off. De Brizziak, that name means something to me. I can't yeah. think why. Anyway, I was down at Campbelltown Stadium, right, when all this was happening in 99, because I went to all the Maggies games. 
um, as I said I would back then. And we were sitting there and these two kids were fighting over a bag of chips and their parents were like, one of the kids is like, hey, you're a dog. And mum's like, oi, don't call your brother a dog. Then John Rebo walks down the line out of the stadium onto the ground and everyone absolutely gave it to him. Everyone's yelling out, you effing C this. So this little kid's like, John Rebo, you're an effing C. And his mum's like, good on you, you tell him. <laughs> it was brutal. They hated him and I still hate him. Well, let's do this. NRL news, and we begin with Queensland Premier Anastasia Palksuk. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure that's not how you pronounce that? She threw in a, uh, I think it's Anastasia, uh, threw in a cheeky bid to steal the grand final from Sydney. Talk about being red hot. Uh, when yep. she called ARL Commission Chair Ned Philanders to inform him the state's teams will be allowed to train and play at home from next week. Premier Palksuk um, <laughs> announced her decision to throw open the borders to interstate NRL teams during a com- conference to call, co- sorry, during a conference call with Philandis and the respective chief executives of the Broncos, Cowboys and Titans on Friday. By allowing the Brisbane clubs to train and play at home, Premier Palak Zook uh, removed one of the biggest headaches for Philandis and the NRL. I said I was keen as anyone to see an NRL return, and I meant it. Well, you didn't say that a no, couple of weeks ago. No, you didn't say that at all. That's bullshit. Um, the only... Geez, more, more, <laughs> more front than woolies. Uh, the only con- condition was that it did not put our excellent work containing the spread of the COVID-19 at risk, and the chief, chief health officer advises that the NRL plan is workable. Importantly, Palak Zook... Uh, provided permission for interstate clubs to travel into Queensland to play because rugby leagues considered their job and from next week, all players will be in quarantine. And she couldn't help herself when it came to the grand final, which is due to be played at the SCG this season. That's a shocking decision in other news. That is. Uh, But could be moved if cricket's T20 World Cup goes ahead, which it won't. The grand final is scheduled to be played on October 25, but the SCG will be unavailable at that point of the year due to cricket commitments. It'll be fine. Now, there is a good chance that the T20 World Cup will be postponed, which would remove any issues with the NRL. But if it does go ahead, the NRL will be left with two choices. It can play the game at another venue in Sydney, either uh, Best Wank or ANZ. Mm Mm-hmm. or it can move it interstate. The other option is to move it interstate to Suncorp, where Palakzuk uh, once again suggested Queensland would be ready no. and be a good home for the game during talks with Philanders. No. I, uh, I called uh, Palaché Anastasia. Anastasia Palaché. I called her out a couple of weeks ago. P A L A S Z. C-Z-U-K. How's that Palaszczuk? Don't How'd try and understand it. But uh, I called her out a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. I also called all of our Queensland fans degenerates or dead shits or something. <laughs> I apologise for that. You're just being led by an absolute imbecile who has been nothing but narky about all this and then realised, hang on a minute, Queenslanders aren't going to put up with this and has done a complete 180. I would rather see the grand final played at Tamworth then up at that shit hole in Brisbane. Hello to all our Brisbane fans. I don't think it's Love you be, guys. I don't think it's going to be played at the Warriors home ground. That doesn't make sense either. Well, um, they won't be there. There'll be no home ground advantage. Uh, last month, Palak Zook uh, dropped a bombshell when she suggested 
Queensland was unlikely to host an Origin game this year. Exactly. That sparked, Shut up. That sparked speculation. You saw receive all three games. But Palak Zook made it clear in talks with Philandis that Queensland must host at least one Origin game this year. Yeah, whatever. I'm over her. Uh, the NRL has issued Penrith star Nathan Cleary with a new breach notice over TikTok. If you're on TikTok, you're a loser. I am on uh, TikTok. Videos. You can follow me. A lot of people follow me during the week. I don't know what they're expecting. I'm not going to do any dances. <laughs> Losers. Whatever. Um, that emerged this week. Uh, Cleary had been hit with a relatively small $10,000 fine, which most of was suspended, when images at his home with five females were posted to social media. But yeah. after that penalty was handed down, two videos were published of Cleary dancing with the females. He had defended the original images by saying the girls had only been his home for 10 minutes while they waited for an Uber. Lies. New South Wales police fined the five females, but not Cleary, as he was at his own residence. Cop that, girls. Uh, but the NRL has now hit him with a breach notice, which he has five days to respond to. Cleary could be facing further sanctions. Latrell, Mitchell and Josh Adokar were whacked with $50,000 fines. Most of those were suspended. Why? And a one-game suspension, which I don't agree with, the one-game suspension because it punishes your team and your fans for you being an absolute imbecile. Well, this is the issue. The, the pocket's where you get them. Yeah, um, that's but true. Gordon Tallis made an interesting point. He was due. Um, <laughs> He's a M- thinking man's uh, commentator. Triple M on uh, Saturday, he said, how can you expect Nathan Cleary not to lie when you look at the way his father's conducted himself in the past year or two? Well, Nathan Cleary... In this whole, I, did. I didn't swear at the touchy. Oh, I did. In this whole situation, I'm going to be at the Tigers. Well, I'm not. Nathan Cleary has just lied and lied and lied. You can see his chin growing with every lie he made. <laughs> I'm now calling him from now on Chinocchio because he, <laughs> he has just not stopped lying. So it made me go down the studio and record this song for me. Do you want to hear it? I like it. Play it's it again. It's been very popular on YouTube and on TikTok. Yeah. I'm Nathan Cleary. Sorry, 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 sorry. Hey, babe, my chin is getting fit. I noticed it be growing when I've been telling fibs now. I know we're supposed to be in isolation. Girls were just there while they wait for transportation. They were friends of my sister, so it's really not my fault. But I'm going to say sorry, because now I've been caught. I know I did the crime, but I didn't think you'd know. But then you saw me dancing in a TikTok video. But you gotta understand, I'm a star of rugby league. The ordinary rules just should not apply to me. I put the whole season into jeopardy. But I can't get sacked, because my coach is daddy. You gotta understand, even though I'm 22, I'm more important than you. No, 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 baby, no, 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 don't lie. What you gonna do when you hear the door knock And there's six blonde girls and they want a TikTok No, 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 baby, no, 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 don't lie Stop, 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 stop lying Yo, it's me, Latrell Mitchell You think I did the wrong thing, I'm gonna go to hell But I got a story that I am here to tell And I'm sticking to the story with Josh Adokar as well I know I should have been in isolation I made it an issue of reconciliation The only reason you're picking on me Is because I'm a proud Aborigine I'm also a star of rugby league The normal rules just should not apply to me I want to hang out with my friends in the country Ride motorbikes and shoot my 223 Why can't everybody just let me be? The rules don't apply to me No, 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 baby, no, 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 no
almost as good as the Sunrise Black Eyed Peas. Oh, you sent me that link during the week. That was horrendous. Uh, the RLPA has reached an agreement with the NRL over player pay for the rest of the 2020 season. The players have also agreed to support the NRL in its plans to resume the competition on May 28, while the players have agreed to attend an educational seminar on Monday, just gone, uh, with their respective clubs. They are seeking further clarification on trading protocols. I believe that's been agreed to today. Uh, they've agreed to go on Monday training, but could we do that, uh, Breen, he said, but uh, since then that's been cleared up. Yep. Philandis told the Daily Telegraph the players were professional and took responsibility for any communication breakdown. Um they are all going in for the information day, and that will go ahead. And after that, we'll see if the biosecurity measures can be implemented, Philander said. Uh, they are worried that they won't have enough time. We will know about that on Monday. If there is a hiccup, we have agreed to regroup. Philander said there is only a 1 in 10,000 chance of players catching coronavirus if they conform to the NRL's strict biosecurity measures after they reassemble this week. We need to trust our players. I bet you're struggling to do that at the moment uh, <laughs> and have every confidence in them. I wouldn't think so. Uh, I think they realise the importance not only that they are affecting themselves, but they are affecting 485 of their colleagues and the game itself. Um, we have undertaken one of the greatest risk analysis there is uh, he told Network Channel 9's Sports Sunday program, if they do transgress, it is one in a thousand chance in the community that they all get the virus. If they stay with our biosecurity measures, it is one in 10,000 chance they will get the virus. I'm own, I am not in any way discounting the importance of the coronavirus, but there is one in 10,000 chance you could die of a car accident as well. He was very impressive on Sports Sunday. The pirate, uh, Fitzsimons, your mate, he just kept hammering him with the same he did question. Keep hammering. He had two air swings at him and couldn't well, get he him. Thought, he thought this is going to trip him up. He actually said, if one player gets coronavirus, will you quit? And Volandi's like, who this dickhead? Yeah. <laughs> but then he like, goes, sure. Teflon. Yeah, no dramas. He didn't care. Um, and as you and I were talking off air, he's very confident in his proposal that's gone to all the health departments. And even the health departments have commented how professional they're back to play plan has been. There's a really good story today in uh, the Sydney Morning Herald that Andrew Webster, probably the best writer in rugby league at the moment. I'd agree with that. Um, he wrote about, uh, basically he said, Philandus is as uncomfortable, sorry, is the, as comfortable for AFL as a nose swap. Something along those lines. It's a really good read. I urge everyone to have a look at it. I totally um, agree with that. While AFL is dicking around saying they've got plenty of cash, we'll get back when we feel like it. This has put a rocket up them that the NRL is moving towards this. And as Ned Philander said, it's uh, another few weeks away. There could be a lot of restrictions taken away by then. Maybe. They're on the front foot and they're doing the right thing. And as he said, if they do, if the numbers go back up again, under this proposal and under the biosecurity measures implemented, he's comfortable that they'd still be able to play anyway because they're so strict. 100%. And uh, Anastasia Palakzuk, she was even impressed by it. So yeah. Um, you know, all these players saying, "Oh, it will take all it will take is one player with the sniffles, and the whole thing will crash." They had four bunnies players overnight test negative. Uh, Trent Beasting Robinson went in there. He wasn't sure if he had the flu or he had an allergic reaction. Uh, he's been cleared. Everyone's been cleared. Let him play. The national cabinet gave the green light for Tamworth to open its airport so the Warriors could fly over from New Zealand and take part in the NRL season. Key decision makers within the federal government are uh, meeting today to discuss a range of issues will have ramifications for sport uh, and allowed the Warriors to enter the country on Sunday, May 3. How good is it that they just didn't fly to Sydney 
and then get another flight to Tamworth. Unbelievable. They're like, come over, boys. Yep. Straight in there. Straight into Tamworth. Uh, Tamworth Airport is normally a domestic-only airport, but nine reports it will uh, it became an international airport for the one flight as 40 Warriors players and staff prepared to take a charter plane to the northern New South Wales city. Uh, Warriors will need to quarantine for 14 days uh, per the strict isolation measures in place to prevent the spread of coronavirus. Warriors chief um, executive... What's his last name? First name? Something George. Uh, also hopes players... Boy. Players from Boy George also hopes players' families uh, can follow in coming months and they can shift from Tamworth. I bet you they can't wait to get out of there after two weeks of training in strict isolation to the Central Coast and ideally play home games in Gosford. Uh, an in-house wellbeing officer will remain with the team during the season while the club will re- ensure their families have support around the clock. The club has also has the option to apply for a replacement if any player needs to return home prematurely. Uh, the squad we're taking across is the intended squad that we'll play with for the duration of the season. Uh, if things change for personal reasons for individuals on a case-by-case basis, we can make application to the NRL, particularly on compassionate grounds. Uh, apparently, the NRL have been very good in that matter and uh, prepared to at least look at an application from the club, um, which is a good assurance for the team. Yeah, I think it's an amazing effort from the Warriors. Uh, they should be congratulated for their efforts coming over here. They really should. Basing themselves in Tamworth and competing in the competition. There's been talk early on that they would just be left out of the comp. Absolute legends for getting the uh, their club over here. Why, why did they pick Tamworth? I actually don't know. I actually you don't know? know either, mate. No, I don't. Well, I think it's great, but yeah. of all the places, you, like it's a big country. Yeah. What do they pick Tamworth for? Don't know. But, but the um, uh, the local community is embracing them. They already call them the Tamworth Warriors. Some good pubs in Tamworth, but you can't go to them at the moment, that which is a shame. Get another exemption. Uh, the Daily Telegraph reports Craig Bellamy set up a meeting with his players over Zoom this week where he blasted them for social media use. What's more, he went one step further by banning use of it uh, once training resumes on Monday. Uh, he said, and I quote, there's a few of you guys who are out of control with social media. When you are back on Monday, it's banned. Uh, Storm players quickly got the message, but just to be sure, Bell- Bellamy promised, if any of you fuck this up for our club, <laughs> you'll have me to deal with. I would want that. Uh, as of now, all social media were handled dur- uh, through the club. It comes after star winger Josh Adokar posted photos on social media that saw him and South Sydney fullback, le- fullback use that term loosely, Latrell Mitchell, <laughs> fined for breaching social distancing laws. Yeah, imagine having a Zoom meeting with Bellamy in the first place. I'd be like, ah, oh, got no internet. <laughs> I don't want any part of that. <laughs> Josh had a car. He'd just be yelling at you. Oh, bloody Telstra. <laughs> <laughs> um, yesterday, Latrell Mitchell was amongst four South Sydney players turned away from Redfern Club um, under coronavirus protocols. Sam Burgess told Fox League Live two of the other players were Adam Reynolds and Liam Knight. Also, Roosters coach Trent Robinson was being tested while Warriors player Nathaniel Roach was tested and then subsequently cleared on Monday. Under the NRL's new uh, strict coronavirus protocols, all people in contact with clubs need to be tested before entering such gatherings. All NRL clubs called players and staff into meetings yesterday to have the new guidelines explained. Um, I haven't heard about Robinson. Subsequently, all the South City blokes came back negative. Yeah, Robinson as well. Robinson's negative. Yep. Just uh, very rosy cheeks, I said. He's a bit puffy, but he's going to be <laughs> fine. But but this is, goes to show that, that Trent Robinson was asked, 
what, what's the go? Like the media went into a frenzy straight away thinking I think rugby it's league fall was at the, the first hurdle. Second story in Melbourne last night in their sports. Yeah, shit cannons. <laughs> yeah, praying, sweating, <laughs> hoping that this coronavirus. Is what, this is what Ned Verlander said, that uh, they're putting all these protocols in place. And Beesting said, I woke up, I had a sore throat. That's part of it. I had to report it. So he goes and quarantines himself, comes back negative. Then he goes through the fence and they're all quarantined. I think he's doing a fantastic job, Ned, and the NRL in particular Mm. across the board. I think it's great. Other news to come out of this week, former Raider Jordan Rappiner will reportedly be back playing in the NRL this season with Canberra, winning uh, who won a race for his signature. Rappiner joined Japanese rugby team Panasonic Wild Knights. I love the Panasonic Wild Knights. <laughs> in 2019 on a one-year contract, but was keen to return to the NRL before the June 30 deadline as the rugby season would have finished in May. NRL rejected Rappiner's original application to return, but NRL.com reports he has now been signed by former signed uh, side Canberra. He's been running around Canberra suburbs just yelling out, Joey, Joey, <laughs> where yeah. are you? Come to the Tigers. <laughs> Um, we'll have him. The NRL has decided to scrap its multi-million dollar, simply the best ad campaign featuring Latrell Mitchell. Mitchell was also was found himself in hot water last week, as we know, uh, when he was shooting and motorbike riding uh, with Josh Adokar, whilst an ongoing global coronavirus pandemic, uh, which has killed 250,000 people worldwide, was happening, including 93 in Australia. However, the decision to pull the campaign, Sid, wasn't uh, which caused huge controversy when it was first launched, was not related to Mitchell's indiscretions. No, of course it wasn't. According to acting NRL CEO Andrew Abdo. And so the curse of the NRL figure... It has uh, been a long curse, hasn't it? Uh, what's it called? Uh, the face of the launch yeah. continues. Always gets in trouble. But this is the thing with the NRL jingle. They play it in a couple of weeks leading up to the comp and then it dies off for a long time. It's the biggest waste of money. I tell you what, they couldn't wait for Blow That Whistle to die off. Oh, that was <laughs> sensational, that one. For the heavyweight championship of the world. This is a famous victory. Sports News. Before we go into all sports, uh, we just killed two hours of our uh, afternoon watching Tyson Fury videos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, if you've got spare time, God knows everyone does, jump on and watch uh, Tyson Fury, Klitschko. You're yeah. sitting around a round table, and it's before their first fight, I believe. Yeah, it looks like they're playing a poker tournament. They're just sitting there with the lights. They've got a mediator a table. who's asking questions, and they're looking eye to eye. This is filmed probably two days before they fought. Yeah. And I show, I told Sid about it, and we watched it this afternoon. It's a 20-minute video. Honestly, do yourself a favour and watch it. This is why this podcast takes about <laughs> eight hours to produce. It was fascinating. Because then we started watching Guns N' Roses videos and all yeah. sorts of stuff. AFL. Bit of porn. Uh, players have offered to take a 50% pay cut for, uh, in the AFL while clubs are out of action with a competition on hold until at least May 31. At least May 31. <laughs> uh, however, it is believed the AFL is not satisfied with that figure with News Corp reporting the league will push for a 75% pay cut in the coming months as the league faces the biggest financial crisis in its history. I thought they had a heap of cash. Yeah. Um, Mixed messages coming out of the uh, AFL media. 
this is not a union dispute, Collingwood boss Maguire. <laughs> Remember uh, union? Eddie Maguire. <laughs> no, we've got something to say there in a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, Collingwood boss Eddie Maguire said on Triple M on Tuesday, this is not people trying to get into it and claim a scalp. The situation is that the players have received money for this half of the year because that was fair enough. Everyone's getting paid. It's the next part of the journey that we have to get through and we... Until we actually start paying, or sorry, playing games again, we can't. Or we can get some money coming in. Uh, we don't know where we're at. The Channel Seven money, the Foxtel money, that stopped this week. It's finished. It's over. There's no gate receipts. Uh, the AFL is cutting th- uh, through its costs. All the clubs are cutting through their costs, and we do have to come to an elegant solution here. Um, we know all this, Eddie. If there's no money. There's no money. We know all this. But we need to not screw the players at the same time. The AFL will spend another week plotting how to reboot its season amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Following a National Cabinet meeting, AFL boss Gillan McLaughlin uh, was banking on definitive announcements following out of Sorry, flowing out of Friday's discussion between Prime Minister Scott Morrison and the state and uh, territory leaders. And ultimately, Morrison has left it to the states to determine how and when the AFL season can resume. Yeah, well, they're a bit slow on the uptake, the AFL. I'm being critical of them now more and more. They're waiting for Cabinet to decide. ScoMo, Sam Newman, they're trying to get some, <laughs> some quality information. Marbo. Whereas <laughs> Ned Volandis, he just kicks on. Good on you, bro. Uh what other AFL stories do you have this year, this week? I don't know. Has anything happened? Yeah, there's been a few things. Um, former North Melbourne coach and player. Uh-huh. Um, how do we put this? Um, Dean. Dean Laidley. Laidley. I think his name is. Has been arrested and has photos he? have emerged of him in uh, women's garb. Uh, as he's in the police station, he's been arrested for... That's not the worst thing you can do. For stalking? You can't be arrested for that. The, <laughs> be arrested the cross-dressing. For, arrested for stalking? Stalking, yes. I believe drug uh, possession, although yeah. I haven't seen that confirmed. Pretty sure drug use as well, but... Um, and Breaching now, an AVO? Breaching an AVO has also pop, possibly popped up. and um, well, But it's all about what he was wearing. Yeah. They've turned it around... That this was a breach of privacy. If I frocked up and ran around smoking ice and stalking somebody, I don't know who it was, and breaching AVOs, why well, would I even have an AVO in the first place? Suggests I'm a bit of a dick. But if I went about and well, did all this, the firm would agree. 100% people would be putting my photo up. Yeah, well, I believe you've got something more to say about that. Yeah, I went down the studio and wrote a song about it. I was that passionate. Listen to this. That dude looks like Dean Lee. And before what, the law, why are you pulling the faders before down? Before the lawsuits roll in, we won't be playing verse one or verse two for that matter. It's so hard to sing that high, and it's, you're not even letting me play it. No, we will. Uh, we'll let that one rest for a little while. I like it. Rugby. Hashtag talk other games down. Well, the hits keep coming for rugby and it's now facing the shocking prospect of being dumped from the Olympics as the reverberations of a scandal in World Rugby's Executive Committee continue to destabilise the current election of the body's next chairman. Stupid Raylene Castle. That's got nothing to do with her this time. No, it's just force of habit. Last Tuesday, Fiji Rugby Union Chairman Francis Keane resigned from the world's body council and his chairmanship of the uh, rugby union, Fiji Rugby Union, following accusations of rampant homophobia. Uh, Keane 
also was seeking a place on the World Rugby Committee. That won't be happening, but since being withdrawn. Keane was accused of discrimination and the use of graphic and violent homophobic language as part of his concurrent role in charge of Fiji's prison services. That's outrageous. He was also previously convicted of manslaughter in 2007, but whatever. Oh, good. Uh, we've all got a history. Uh, the scandal <laughs> threatened to undermine the elections for World Rugby's next chairman. Blah, 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 blah. But what, what it amounts to is... Um, uh, Daniel Leo, the Pacific Rugby Players Welfare Chief Executive, uh-huh. came out and said, we are taking advice from our lawyers about a letter we are drafting. I'm disappointed that World Rugby hasn't launched an open investigation, which is quite surprising they haven't. Um, if World Rugby don't commit to governance reforms, our next letter will be to the International Olympic Committee asking them to consider suspending rugby as an Olympic sport until they are fully complying with OIC Sorry, IOC obligations. If it takes some short-term pain, i.e. being blocked from the Olympics, then so be it. But hopefully the sport can be proactive in this before that would happen. Jeez, rugby is just all sorts of good news, isn't it? (laughs) Soccer, here's some good news. The Premier League from England is being offered an amazing Plan B escape route and it is to end the season in sunny Australian city Perth uh, city of Perth. Oh, I thought they were going to go to an island. No. I want to see some sport succeed in their little island. Worried Chiefs are... Rotnest? Can they go to Rotnest? Sure. Um, soccer. Christmas Island, even if they want. Uh, worried Chiefs are trying to find ways of playing the final 92 games in England with a neutral venue master plan in place, but are constantly finding hurdles. TV pundit Gary Neville claimed the top flight... Uh, competition should finish behind closed doors overseas and now English agent Gary Williams is masterminding the astonishing alternative playing in Australia. Williams, who lives in the West Australian capital, has received backing from the local Perth Senator. He is also in contact with the Australian Government and Ministry for Sport to get their backing for the eye-catching idea. No, I don't like it. It won't happen. Rugby League is going to be the only sport played across the whole globe. We don't want stupid Premier League coming over here at Rottnest Island playing quokka soccer, <laughs> taking our thunder. Get out of here. Now, this story that affects you, Sid, Uh-oh. this week. Strongman, Game of Thrones star, Hafthor Julius Bjornsson, has broken the world deadlift record after successfully lifting an incredible 501 kilos. The previous record it's pretty was, good, I guess. was held by little-known Australian star, Sid Punts, yeah. who became the first man to lift 500 kilos back in 2016. Yeah, I'm out of training now, though. That lift left Sid Punts with blood coming out of his eyes, <laughs> but Bjornsson made his attempt look somehow easy. It wasn't just coming out of my eyes. I'll give you the tip. <laughs> Uh, due to the coronavirus <laughs> pandemic, Thor, who played the mountain in the hit HBO show uh, Game of Thrones, carried yeah. out the record at his gym in his native Iceland, which is immediately declared bullshit by Sid Punts. Yeah, it's rigged. As all records are supposed to be during competitions. Exactly. No, I'm outraged by this. And now, if I ever come face to face with him, I'm going to tell him. I'll smash him. <laughs> you won't, mate. You're hot. You're never going to be face to face with him. Let's be honest. Oh, uh, head buddy's groin. Tennis. Nick Kyrgios has taken aim at Dominic Thiem for refusing to give up money to help lower-ranked players through the coronavirus pandemic. We the... covered off on Thiem yeah. earlier. He's a, yeah. Kyrgios apparently Kyrgios is one of the great blokes now. of the world. Great. Uh, the proposal put forward by Novak Djokovic planned to have top players donate to those who don't earn big dollars. Uh, the system Djokovic was working towards would have seen top five players donate thirty grand, with a sliding scale down to 5000 for the players 51 or 100 Um 
Kyrgios says he still doesn't understand the point where we at the top get paid far too much and there is not enough to go around. It's about helping where we can, professional or unprofessional, put yourself in their shoes. Now, you world, go, Nick. I love Nick. World number 239, Dustin Brown, also spoke of the harsh realities of being a lower-ranked player and how the coronavirus would have crushed his dreams in the early stages of his career. Starting in 2004, I lived in a camper van, surviving from week to week with the money I made, he wrote. If this would have happened then the coronavirus, it would have cost me my career, no doubt. That's a good point. Tennis. Well, I think rugby league should be looking into this. Cameron <laughs> Cameron Smith should be handing out cash or to the lower players. Get a razor, Cameron, for God's sake. Tennis. He looks hideous. Nick Kyrgios still isn't happy. I love this story. Nick Kyrgios still isn't happy with fellow player Stefanos Sistipus. Pretty sure that's not how you pronounce it. Uh, But if Nick's not happy, I'm not happy, former. The Aussie star was enjoying his 25th birthday when the Greek sensation, Stefanos, we'll call Mm -hmm. him. Yeah, let's call him. Decided to upload a a kind of tribute for his birthday on Instagram. Uh, Stefanos posted an image of himself holding up a cardboard sign, which he can caption, help lift others up. The only problem was the sign contained a mobile number. Fans quickly realised that number belonged to Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Kyrgios commented on the post, you're an absolute idiot. What a dog act. Everyone, stop calling me. A day after the post, Kyrgios updated his followers on how extensive the mayhem was and he filmed his phone and scrolled through the never-ending stream of messages and missed calls. Potentially, they say in a 24-hour period, he had 5,000 missed calls. <laughs> That's great. And in a separate Instagram uh, video on his account, Kyrgios said, what's up, guys? I understand that it's my 25th birthday. It's a big one. But please, uh, I know Sitsapas posted my number on his Instagram. Please stop calling me. I can't even play music. I can't do anything on my phone. (laughs) It keeps ringing. (laughs) Thanks. That's like your life, getting Twitter notifications. having a function or an event are you part of a sporting or community group do you have a birthday anniversary bucks or hens night coming up mayor inc can supply any custom product you can imagine custom made t-shirts aprons stubby holders cushions shopping bags hoodies tote bags vinyl stickers and decals or put your business logo on a range of workwear Go to mayorinc.com.au. Whatever the purpose, Mayor Inc. has you covered. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Go to mayorinc.com.au. Well, sit our next guest is a bloke we, well, we love here. Well, you can find him on Triple M, Fox Sports, and on a podcast with Joel Sugarcane called Get Him On Side for sportsbet.com.au. He's also on Twitter at Dan Ganane and on Instagram, Dan underscore Ganane. Welcome back to Full Credit of the Boys, one of our favourites, Mr. Dan Ganane. Hello, gents. I, I wouldn't bother with the Instagram. I, I, I'm more about the perv than the, contrib- the contributions. <laughs> um, and the Twitter, I don't really contribute too much either. So, Are you on go TikTok? Go to the first few. Don't bother with... Uh, uh, in social media, it's not... I, I'm, I'm happy to say I observe, but I'm, I'm not really a participant. Well, you can find Dan Ganane on TikTok as well, dancing. <laughs> now, what is TikTok? Now, is that just people making videos to music? Is that what TikTok is? Yeah, pretty much. Former legend hates it. I love it. I think, mate, it is like watching 
everyone's uncle dance at a wedding. It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> but I don't get it. Is it so? Do the people hear the song and they're trying to dance to it? Does the does the TikTok actually um, suggest the moves they make, or is it totally freewheeling? Freewheeling. Yeah, there's uh, not much to get. It's pretty stupid. <laughs> well, well it's just, but good enough to bring some rugby league players down. Yes. Well, Dan, let's talk about, uh, well, life in coronavirus lockdown. You've been doing the NRL on Fox, Gig, and to be honest, you look perfectly home doing a radio type of show. Has it um, been a little bit of a comeback to doing like, things like the Dead Set Legends and things like that? It's uh, unbelievable. I, um, so at the end of last year, I had a decision to make and ended up um, uh, basically um, making Fox my full-time job, Fox Sports, and... Uh, I'm only calling games on, on Triple M, which I've only done for... That's been the case for the last couple of years anyway, but it was kind of a decision that for the next few years, I was just going to be a commentator, and I was really happy with that. I thought, I've done opinion for so long and done radio, and um, I'm actually just really looking forward to the challenge of just learning how to call on TV and just being a commentator. And then, fair dinkum, two weeks into the season, <laughs> they've got me doing something... That thankfully I'm, you know, adept at because I've done it for so long, and that is basically we're doing a radio show. I mean, mm. that's all it is. It's radio with some pictures. Um, so that that's right down my alley. Um, it's it's been bizarre. It's you know, who would have thought I'd be doing radio again? Um, you know, talk radio essentially, and calling games that. I was 11 when I watched them. So that's a, it's been a very odd experience. I want to talk about the games in a minute, but um, any chance of doing some callback? I'll call you in. Well, I, I, look, my best mate Paul Murray does it now on Sky News. I think the technology is there, but I just don't, I just don't think they have the faith in the audience to be well-behaved, and I don't know how many times you want to have to jump in and out of delay over a two-hour show. <laughs> well, mate, you recently called the 1989 Grand Final on Fox. What fucking saddest re- decided replaying that game was a good idea? <laughs> You're a Balmain man, are you? Yes. <laughs> i got to be honest, that was, that was the first patch we did, um, and I really was apprehensive about doing that particular game because to most of us that's if it's not the greatest game of all time it's pretty close yep and it's also a pretty legendary call with uh, the bear uh, bear was an underrated caller I good remember. good caller and graham hughes and um a fading rex mossop and um it's legendary i mean it is absolutely legendary and i, I actually and i know vossi was the same or sort of a bit oh hang on yeah you know you're sort of rewriting history here, but they, they Fox had an idea that, um, you know, we've got to actually do something a bit different. We can just, you know, plug in a, t- put in a tape and press play. That'd be fine. But it, it's been a really interesting challenge. And what's been great about these games is um, they're bloody good games. Now, I know that's stating the obvious, but like that 89 grand final, yes, everyone remembers Steve Jackson. And Chicka Ferguson's try, and even Ciro's try, and Denny hitting the crossbar. But there's about 20 great things that happened in that game. Mate, um, there's a lot of. I just uh... recorded one for this weekend: Canterbury Parramatta, 2009 prelim. Phenomenal game. I'd completely forgotten how good that game was. That's when the dogs come back from 18 0 down, isn't it? No, I, I'd love us to do that. That's uh, 
So I was a Dogs fan growing up. So that right. that'd be right down my. No, this was 09. So this was ANZ Stadium, seventy five thousand on a Friday night. Wow! Can you can you believe that? That seventy five thousand decided to take on Homebush Bay Drive on a Friday night football. Um, and uh, it was it was an ounce, mate. Watch it. It was an, Parramatta had thirty nine offloads in the game. It was just. <laughs> It was 80s football, but with, you know, 2009 fitness. Is um, the one thing you're not missing amongst this coronavirus um, pandemic lockdown, P1, Homebush? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bang on about it, don't I? That, that and probably um, the SCG Trust are my two bugbears. And uh, they're the only two things I crap on about on Twitter. But um, uh, no, the joy... I tell you what, I've never missed the joy of P1 as much as I have these last six weeks. <laughs> well, we're all I, hanging. I would give anything to go back to P1 and be there consuming car. Right. Well, we're all hanging out for May 28. Um, which player do you reckon will cock it up for everyone? And what do you make of the recent discrepancies and the punishments that the players were given? Uh Geez, that's a serious question for this podcast. Yeah. Um, it's only what would you, what would you, it's been, it's been five years. It's when you're contractually obligated. Um, look, the, the cover-up is always worse than the crime in anything. And and that's, uh, you know, as we talk, we still haven't heard Cleary's punishment for not divulging the damn TikTok video. Uh, look, they're not... they're not really doing anything majorly wrong. Yes, they broke... They deserved a cop a little whack. Um... The foolishness. I mean, this is how I don't under. This is how I know I'm getting old because I don't understand the youth. I, I get the breaking of the. We all want to break the um, uh, ISO, mm, but yep. why would you post it? What, what do you gain out of posting? And then the firearms, and we're going back to our cultural roots of motorbikes and shotties. And just <laughs> you know, it's typical rugby league. I pray that we make it. We're what 23 days away. There was a picture yesterday. Did you see that one? It was Joey Leilua and another Canberra player, Dynamis Louis, I think, shaking hands. I mean, look, players, we, mate, they can't be trusted. And, you know, I'm not counting us home until we actually get to May 28. Well, I think that's uh, the thing that uh, Ned Philandis is finding out at the moment <laughs> is that um, the difference between rugby league and the horse racing industry is probably uh, – a shift in IQ, if you would, if you will. <laughs> well, yeah. he's probably, he probably thought, geez, if I can handle racing, right, one of the most politically charged sports in the country, you've got to deal with Victorian racing and all. Rugby league will be a stinker. been out in the last three months that there is no more political sport than rugby league, but um, he's done well, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, he really has. I, I, I'm, I've got to say that uh, when he came here with all the fanfare, Dan, I thought, yeah, all right, calm down a little bit. But uh, everything he said he's going to do, he's done. You just can't say say anything but take your hat off and say, thank. in, in some ways, Dan, thank God. Thank God he's here. Well, I can't imagine a Greenberg or a Peter Beattie sort of being this... Um, Aggressive. Ambitious yeah. uh, with, with the start date. And I think they would have... Oh, look, rugby league for years has been reactionary. And I think we would have taken the lead of other sports, particularly the AFL. And it's great to see us taking the lead. And, yeah, it was a gamble. Um, I mean, when he called May 28, um, uh, you know, I, ju- I just love that the AFL media has had to eat their words. They, 100%. I, I, you know, 
it shits me when they take pots, the Jared Waitleys and the Andy Mars of this world. I shouldn't say too much about Waitley. He works at Fox, but um, <laughs> no, go sledge away. They love talking down to rugby league, yep. and you know, like they're on this pedestal, and and we're just you know commoners down there in the rugby league world. But I just love now that they're all looking with envy to say, well, actually, geez, they took a risk. They even but admitted hell, they're going to have a month on us, and, and we're going to be sitting here like idiots for a month while they're playing up there. They even admitted as much that they looked down at rugby league, and now they're really chasing their tails, trying to keep up. It's good to see. So this is a Melbourne thing, and I love Melbourne. It's a beautiful city, but they have this thing that it's this inferiority complex. One hundred percent. They they just don't realize AFL is a great game. I actually enjoy AFL. I know I shouldn't say that on a league podcast, but it's actually not a bad game to go to. But we see we in rugby league realize our game is big in two states and the north of England and PNG, and that's basically. But we understand that they have this thing down there that they're this sleeping giant of world sport. That once <laughs> the rest of the world wakes up to woke Victoria, that the world is going to fall in love with AFL. It's not going to happen. No. It's got as much chance of, of, of taking off as Gaelic football. It ain't going to happen. It's the number one rugby co- uh, football code in the country, and they've earned that, right? They've, 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 they've brilliantly run the last 30 years. But again, this idea that we're beneath them, that, it shits me. Mate, I noticed yesterday on, uh, I was saying to Sid before, on Melbourne uh, News yesterday, last night, their sports, their second story in sport was about um, rugby league, but it wasn't a positive story. It was... Oh, a couple of blokes might have coronavirus already as they go into quarantine and yada, yada, yada. I'll guarantee tonight there was the second story wasn't actually, they didn't have it. The test come back negative. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> no, and the only time I think we get positive publicity down there is if Melbourne Storm are in a grand final. Mm. And that'll be the eighth story behind the seven AFL grand final lead-up stories. Or if it's Origin Week down there, then they might get some publicity. But, well, that's fine. That's fine. It's the sanctimony. It's the pompousness. That That's the stuff that bothers me. Yeah, well, I think, too, Rugby League might have featured highly yesterday because none of our coaches were arrested overnight or anything. So uh, there you go. <laughs> what about that? What about that? I mean, that's now two coaches um, like with proper I mean, issues. Well, actually, no, I'm not going to go down that path. But, I mean, Mark Bomber-Thompson, we know his problem. Yep. So that's – oh, look, there's no link, obviously. I mean, it's you know, two is a very small sample size. But bloody hell, what a story. Yeah, it's um, two more than rugby league. That we're willing yeah, to... For now. For now, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like saying those things. You yeah. you After May 28, we'll see. You wouldn't write them in pen, put it that way. <laughs> Mate, do you think the break in season and now the shortening of the season will favour any teams? Who knows? I mean, we're all guessing. And, and look, I reckon once... I think we're all eagerly awaiting the draw so we can actually start looking forward. It's pretty hard to, you know apart from actually just talk about the date, May 28, it's very hard to actually start to look ahead, you know, forensically until we know who the hell is playing who. Yeah. Um, we seem to know that the Roosters are going to play South on the first weekend, and that's about it. Um, who will it favour? Well, you've got to think who, who are going to be the most disciplined teams in terms of this break. We're going to see, I think, a lot of heavy players come back because – you got to imagine, like, you know, we're all wide in certain ways. And, you know, most of us are victims of routine. So all these players that have gone through preseason, right, and now they've got over that hill 
and now they're into football mode when they're not training. They're training hard, but not quite as hard. And then to sort of be asked to do that again, geez, there's going to be some people that just don't handle that at all. Um, mm, I agree. But it's, you know, I think you just got to look for the smartest coaches, Bellamy, Robinson, then it will be interesting because um, he's never dealt with it like this, but he's been around for a hundred years. Mary um, McGregor. I, I would lean towards the best coaches uh, as to who's going to get the best results. Mary McGregor. St. George's going to win the comp, obviously. <laughs> and now, do I hear a St. George supporter there? Nope. No, we're, we're very critical of Mary McGregor, but I reckon this year it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be whoever comes out and hits the ground running first. It's going to be an absolute lottery, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, and there, there is something attractive. I love the fact that it's going to be 18 straight well, let's assume. Let's hope they can actually do a deal with the broadcasters. But I love the idea, 18 straight weeks, we're not going to have that awful six-week period where the, the NRL goes down the drain because it's origin. Um, I think... I think that we're actually going to come out of this with some positives. The other thing, you mentioned Mary. You know what's going to change, I reckon, in the next 5, 10, 20 years? Um, look, rugby league clubs can't be trusted to manage their finances, but mm. they're going to have to be more diligent. I'm not sure we're going to have as many coach firings as as we have had in the past. Clubs just won't be able to afford payouts. You just won't see blokes on five-year contracts. They'll be on two. Well, you know what? And that's not the worst thing. That's no. not the worst thing in the world. I, I've never understood why, you know, a first-year coach gets three years. I've never understood that because usually a first-year coach is not necessarily in demand. Um, and, yeah, then, then, then the, re, of the outside of a Bellamy or a Robinson, I don't think there's anyone in the game who warrants that sort of security. Shane Flanagan. Three years and then go around again if you're good enough. That was one of the things. I don't want to get stuck on Mary, but halfway through last year, the Dragons announced we're going to sign him again. It's like, why? No one's rushing to get him before you get him. Like, calm down. But anyway, they signed him for another two years and that's what they're stuck with. Hey, Dan, let's uh, loosen this up a little bit. Is it true you got your Uber license a year or two ago? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm very proud to say that. <laughs> so, a couple of years ago, I think it was not long after I spoke to you blokes, so maybe you were the uh, jinx. Um, <laughs> We've been known. I, I effectively got the bullet from Triple M. So I, I got uh, punted from rush hour, but they wanted me to do games, uh, two games a week. So basically the same amount of calling as I was doing. Um, but that was going to be uh, not under contract. So yep. they could cut me at any time. And I was sort of likely to get a gig Sky News, or Fox Sports News, which is run by Sky News. I knew I was going to probably get a gig there, but I thought, well, I better be better cover my bases here. So, yeah, I went out and got a new... And you know what? They're bloody hard to get. I mean, the, the you know, I'm a clean driver and all those things, but the car, I had to get the car tested about three times. You know, apparently they don't like cigar smoke, uh, the smell <laughs> of cigar smoke in a car. I, I mean, geez, they're picky. <laughs> Mate, if, the, if you've been a Sydney cab, that's the least of your worry, cigar smoke. Well, exactly. Anyway, so I got it, and fortunately, I didn't need it. I mean, it's there. It's still in my glove box. So I actually thought about it. Um, there was a New Year's Eve. I was supposed to do something, and I did it. I thought, and, and I thought, 
geez, I wonder how much money I can make. Because you know they spike the prices up. Yep. Yep. Driving around an Uber on your Zeep, you make a fortune. It probably worked. Probably wasn't a great idea that you got the fake taxi stickers made for the back of it. <laughs> anyway, what about this celebrity Uber? So, uh, you know, imagine you get to pick Gordon Tallis driving you around. You're like, you pay a premium. You're paying big money. You wouldn't get I a word in. Like he has legs. <laughs> well, if, if things were different right now and you were driving Ubers, who would you hate to see get in your car? Uh, I don't know. That's a very good question. I think you're leading me down a path here. I'm not sure where you're leading me here. <laughs> no, not who at all. You, who would you suggest I would hate seeing? Um, Maroon. Uh, I love Maroon. <laughs> Gordon. Very I get that question all the time. Do you and Maroon hate each other? I, I don't, never understood that. We always, no, we've always been good, mate. Have good chinwags at the gym. While other people are actually working out, we're just there gossiping about everyone else. <laughs> Um, who else? Well, I don't know. It actually wasn't a loaded question. Peter, I just wanted to nah, know. Peter Beattie. No, nah, I try and get on with most people. But um, uh, no, I'm, uh, anyway, let's hope I don't have that problem that, that I, I need to go exactly. out into the usual world. Um, and uh, thank God Fox has given me stuff to do because Triple M have had nothing for me to do for the last few weeks. And, 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 and thank God Fox have gone down this path of classic games and the radio show, because um, not only has it kept me in a job, it's kept me bloody sane. I'd, I would have gone berserk if I was stuck in the apartment. Can you do that uh, Western Suburbs Magpies one where Willis kicks the field goal? <laughs> That'd be great. Now, is that a good game? It was good for me. Good <laughs> there, there weren't many highlights being a Magpies fan. Um, yeah, I mean... I think it ended well, but that was about it, wasn't it? It was a bit of a, a bit of a low <laughs> uh, game. See, I'm ex- I tell you what, what's interesting is I, I don't hate this idea of Thursday night through to Monday night for the first couple of weeks of the comp. Same, mm-hmm. same. We were talking about there's Monday no night cr- football. There's no crowds, so just put as many games on on prime time TV as possible. I actually think that's got legs. I totally agree, and I think even if the season has to go longer, it will rate no matter how long it goes. I think people have got a real appreciation for a lot of things at the moment, and uh, rugby league will be one of those, especially when it hits the airwaves again. I don't think even, like you say, the six weeks where Origin comes into play and we know the football standards drop, mate, give me six six years of that right now compared to what we've yeah, got. that's right. Oh, 100%. And I was excited. I was actually, when, when every plan, and boy, haven't we seen some stupid plans put up, but um, the the one that I actually thought, well, if this was to happen, was going through to December. Now, I'm not running around in 30-degree heat, so it doesn't affect me, but I love the idea of summer football. Me like, too. Mate, the worst thing about our game, I reckon, is middle of winter, right, and the dewy grounds. Yeah. That just – and that's on during the dud origin period. Um, and it just, you know, 12-10 becomes a normal score. Yeah, yeah, I just yeah. Love a dry pitch, warm weather. Mate, every game would be like a Suncorp game. You know, they'd be throwing it around. And I can't wait. Origin in October and November, I think it's going to be such a hit that they'll just stick with it the whole way. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think they will, mate. And I'll tell you why. I think Canty actually made a good point on Triple M. He said that um, you're going to have players that, won't make the semis like your Jai Arrows. I think he used that example. And then they're going to have to be sitting down watching semis 
and waiting for four weeks to play rugby league again. And I think there's just going to be that big gap where players aren't going to be playing. There'll be players that will get late call-ups that have probably been on the on the cans for the last three weeks. So I think that – I actually don't think it can work long-term. I appreciate why we're going to do it this year, but I'm not sure it can happen for a long-term. Yeah, so you say that, and it's right in principle, but look what we've had with train-on shots for kangaroo tours. I think it can be done. My fear would be um, that, that clubs – would put pressure on players to have end of season op- their end of season operations. Yeah, that's true. That's a true point now, too, mate. Yeah. But but here's the thing, the players um, they get about ninety thousand, isn't it? Thirty thousand a game. Yep. They're not going to be turning that down. So I, I I don't know. I think Origin's strong enough it could handle all that. It's a very fair point. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how how we go at the end of the season. And don't forget, but I think we're going to get a lot of injuries this year because we've got. We've gone from preseason to two games to nothing to preseason. I think it's actually going to affect a lot of people. So we'll wait and see. But I just love the idea an origin in 25 degree heat. I, I oh, you, Matt, Joey used to always say, if they put origin in in the afternoon, it'd almost be too fast. It'd be that brilliant a contest. It'd be the greatest thing you've ever seen. Well, interesting. 25 degrees. At 7 p.m. or 8 p.m., that's going to compare pretty favourably. So, anyway, we'll, we'll all be better judges once it's all done. Just a few quick ones, mate. You uh, worked on the previous incarnation of Dead Set Legends, as we spoke about on Triple M. Is it yes. true that when the show stopped, it almost went to another network? Jeez, uh, you've done some research here. <laughs> yes. Um, not with me, but a, another radio station, I won't say, who offered... Rabs and Richard the chance to go over, um, and I think they were keen for a while. It might have just been a bit too much for Rabs. I can't remember, but um, no, they, they 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 were approached. They were keen for a while. I know that. And then, mate, we almost here's an exclusive for you. We were within a bees, you know what, of getting it on as a podcast. We'd we'd had a company set up. Um, yeah, that's interesting. And it was the name. That was the problem because Triple M owns the name, and as you've seen, they've brought it back with new hosts. And the company wanted the name with that. They and I just said, call it the Legends. Everyone, who cares if it's Dead Set or the Legends? And the former Legends. That was the thing that that, <laughs> that, that, that ruined it. But no, that would have been two years ago, and we would have been on in podcast form, which I actually think would have been a better fit for the show. I think the show because of the waffle. Is a perfect podcast. I think uh, radio is lesser for not having Richard Freeman around, but anyway. Yeah, same. Oh, I love Rich. I love Rabs. I love Rich. Oh, I can't believe, yeah, Rich isn't doing regular radio somewhere. Mate, uh, you worked at the US Masters a couple of times. Tell us a story about when you were following Ernie Els around on the back nine at Augusta. Where did you get this stuff from? Don't worry about it. <laughs> we have a team of researchers. <laughs> I told someone this story the other day. I'm trying to figure out who your mole is. <laughs> don't try and figure it out. And, and don't you'll, you'll, you'll never, you'll never figure it out. You, you know, you're going to throw around the bus. Hang on. <laughs> don't you talk about so, Sid like that either. Four, um, first time there, and um, the great – remember Graham Agars, the great old yes. CUE reporter? Yes. He got me in. That's a story in itself. So I worked at CUE for one glorious month. Back in 0203 in the newsroom. 
and it was Australian Open. So he called up to do his cross, one of his crosses. And I said, Graham, you don't know me, but uh, I'm going to be in in England in six months. What are the chances? Uh, how do I go about getting accreditation for Wimbledon? Nice, nice. And thinking he'd say, well, this is the person to write to, blah, blah, blah. He goes, are you serious about coming this year? I said, yeah, well, I've booked a trip and, and, and I've, I've got a bit of time in, in London during that week. And he said, well, you wouldn't believe it. My, I, my wife does the same thing I do, but she's bilingual. And, and basically, we have two seats, which I've got to fill. She's off having a baby. I have to fill that seat or I'll lose it next year. Would you like to, would you like to come? <laughs> and I said, Graham, I'm only going to be there for four days. He said, no, no, that's fine. That's fine. At least I can say you're coming. So that's how I got into Wimbledon. Right. And, uh, that was the year Philippoussis made the final. It was the first year Federal won. Anyway, that was unbelievable. And I ended up on the day, the day of the final, I bought Graham a bottle of Grange as a thank you. And as I handed it to him, I said, you know, this is the experience of a lifetime. I can't believe it, blah, blah, blah. I suppose you can't get me into the Masters. And he <laughs> laughed. He said, mate, yeah, no, you're long odds, mate. Leave it with me, but you're long odds. And that was the end of it. Well, two weeks before the 04 Masters, I get an email from someone, Martha someone, at masters.org. Dear Daniel, please send in a photo for your accreditation. And I've called up Graham, who lives over in Florida. And I've gone, what the hell is this? He goes, oh, you must have got in. <laughs> I said, Graham, I, I, I work at Triple M. Uh, I, I was back there by then. Um, mate, I, I, can't, I can't just take a week off. It's only in two weeks. He said, look, I understand. But just know that if you say no, they'll never invite you back. So just didn't know that going in and then and then do what you have to do. So I picked Triple M and fortunately they let me go. Had to stay 90 kilometres out of <laughs> Augusta in a, in a town called Aiken. No, Aiken was the second time. Um, it was in South Carolina. I can't remember the town's name, but it was in South Carolina. It was in the next state. Nice, yes. Drive 90 miles or 90 kilometres back and forth every day. And it was, I tell you, it was a small price to pay. Still worth it. Oh, mate, I'd do it again. Oh, in fact, I'm, I'm trying to I'm nudge some people at Fox about November, but it looks <laughs> like Origin's on, so I won't be able to go to the Augusta uh, this, this time. But We'll do um, it. We'll do it. We're available. <laughs> I don't know if you. I don't know if your attitude befits the Augusta ideals. Well, we don't but know until anyway, so we try these. Things. 04, right? Um, it was Phil Mickelson and Ernie Els on the last day, and they uh, they're going. It's one of the great back nines, right? You hear a roar, you know that's Phil. You hear a roar, a hole up ahead, you know Ernie's done something. Just it's just it's. And the thing about Augusta, it's a massive property, but the way it's built and all the trees, every sound reverberates. Yep. And you learn very quickly what a birdie roar sounds like, what an eagle roar sounds like, what a part, all, all those things. So Phil has just birdied. Uh, was Phil ahead of Ernie? Yeah, I think yeah, Phil was ahead of Ernie. Uh, Phil was behind Ernie. Ernie was one hole ahead. And he just sunk a birdie on 12, Phil. Crowd's gone nuts. Ernie's walking down 13, and you can cut the tension with a knife. No one's making any noise. It's just it's just real nervous energy. And then all of a sudden, as he's about to 
approach, get to his approach shot on third in the par five, uh, all you hear in the crowd is, Erne, Erne. <laughs> and he stops. The gallery stops because the gallery is walking with him. It stops. He looks. He looks harder. It's like, really? Everyone's just, what the hell's going on here? Anyway, this lady says something in Afrikaans, and he just stands there stunned. <laughs> and then he just walks over to his bag, grabs something, and thinking, what the hell is going on? This is the, he's on the back nine of Sunday of the Masters. What the hell is this? Grabs something, hurls it into the crowd. <laughs> hurls it into the crowd. It was his car keys. His wife needed to get something for the boot. <laughs> Can you believe that? On the th- yeah, five holes. Yeah, so the big um, easy. Hey, the big easy. He's the misses. big easy. Nothing unflappable. He ended up he ended up not winning, but he was magnificent on the back night. Phil just it was just a touch better. But I'll never ever forget that. That was um, no, that was. That, but if you ever get a chance in your life to go to Augusta, well, we drop did. everything, go. We did, but you, you you've already poo pooed it. Yeah. Hey, um... hey, you know, in the secondary market now, you can actually buy. I mean, you'd have to drop about ten grand uh, for the four day pass, but on StubHub and SeatGeek, you can actually buy them now. Yeah, uh, that's that's right out of our range. We're on podcast dollars, mate. Not <laughs> podcast Fox, dollars. We're not on Fox Sports dollars. Be doing that anytime soon either. There's hey, no StubHub. It's yeah. uh... <laughs> anyway. Uh, tell our listeners, Dan, what's the link between Adam Scott and Madonna's "Justify My Love"? Uh, I used to make fun of him with that song. <laughs> now, what was um... every time he spoke? Wow, this you... is going back. So. He had no personality. Um, Still doesn't. I've changed my tune on that. But back in the day when I had a chip on my shoulder, I used to. Did I used to play his sound, his his interviews? But I'd put "Justify My Love" to give it a give it a bit of sex appeal. Sex, or sex it up with a bit of "Justify My Love." Jeez, you are a proper fan, or you've I don't know where you've done this research, but mate, I haven't thought about that in fifteen years or something. Mate, uh, I want to ask you one more thing. You yes. love you love your NFL. How will yes. um, Tom Brady go fitting his Buccaneers under his bucket hat or whatever he's going to do? <laughs> I don't know. Never doubt a champion. I don't know. It's fascinating. I hope they play. He's taken um, Gronkowski, uh, the Gronk with him, isn't he? Gronkowski. Yeah, I don't know about Gronk. I mean, he's also a champion, but, God, he's put his body through a lot. Did you watch him in WWE? He was bloody awful. I'm glad he's gone back to football. Mate, WWE, I watched it the other day. It had no crowd. It was terrible. How was, embarrassing was that? It was, was so that? bad. It was so bad. You know what's interesting? Their ratings, they're only just starting to drop off now. But they've been doing this for, what, two months or three months. And the ratings have been basically the same. And you know, I agree that it's that is one sport that needs a crowd. Ooh, needs the badly. energy. Yeah. But people, that's the desperation. They'll watch anything. Yeah. I um that and um Nicaraguan soccer, we're huge at Nicaraguan soccer at the moment. Yeah. Um Dan, we play this game on this show. It's called Nearest the Pin. Sid's gonna ask us a question. You're playing me. We just give yes. him an answer. It's a number. It's the nearest without going over the number. Uh um, oh, price is right rules. Exactly. exactly See, what it is. We must have explained it properly this week. <laughs> Everyone's like Whatever, just start it. I'll figure it out. We and seem to get tripped no, no, up. No, no, we don't do this sort of game with friends. 
it's always you can't go over. It's Price is Right rules. Here we, One go. Of the great game shows. we told Andrew Voss the rules. He said he was dumber for the experience. <laughs> <laughs> now, well, I'm happy to play this game. I was a bit um, ambivalent about having to play the porn game, but you've put that away, have you? That's yeah, what everyone says. We've parked that. <laughs> Yeah, I did that once. I was happy to do that once, but that that was enough. <laughs> yeah, we've moved on. Now it's nearest the pin. Well, everyone's locked in. Everyone knows all the answers these days. Everyone's just watching porn twenty four seven. So and a lot of you were very competitive. You all went away and watched porn before you came on. <laughs> it was making it difficult. But this yeah, is our new game. So I'll go to you, Dan, first. Yes. Um, I'll write my answer down. So it's yeah, spare. you write it down over there. Okay. Okay. I'll just, yeah, that's fine. Gus Gould has how many Twitter followers? Oh, jeez. Um, now, the problem is he keeps closing his account. He so does. does he... <laughs> this incarnation, how many has he got? Well, he's been around. Oh, God, he's been relentless the last few weeks. Remembering um, Buzz Rothfield has 88,000. Yeah, that's bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, the story breakers get him. Like, the mole has a shitload. Um, yeah. Yeah, you do the I'm going to say... <laughs> Let's get Ernst and I'm Young in. I'm going to say, I, I reckon it's 35,000. Wow. Um, no, 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 but I'm going to go a lower number because okay. of the Price is Right rules. I'm going to say 28,000 is going to be my official lock it in anyway. I wish you had 35. Well, you should have gone even way lower. Former's put 21,000, but you're both wrong. It's only 13,800. Oh, no, because he keeps closing and reopening. Yeah. How many you got, Former? Plus he blocks about... 20 a week, so that starts adding up. Well, that's a wipe for both of you. So I'll move on to the next one. We'll go to you, Dan, first again. How yeah. many kilometres is it from Tamworth to Homebush? Oh. Hmm. But what, uh, as the crow flies or, or road? Driving. Oh, driving, shit. <laughs> I've driven it. See, Tamworth is sneaky west. You're going to eat up a lot of kilometres going west. And I'm going to say 450. <sighs> oh. Former's gone 680. He's got no idea. It was 417. Both of you got to aim see, lower. That's why I should have gone 400. I should have went one. <laughs> <laughs> so it's nil all. We go to you again, Dan. Total prize money. Hang on, that... why am I going? For... Oh, no, he's... I'm writing it down. Okay, I'm beating fine. you every time. Um, total prize money that Tiger Woods has earned. Just that's, prize money. That's prize money. <sighs> I don't know why, but this this rings a bell to me. Well, he's 180. Um, I've got a feeling this is going to be surprisingly low because some of those early tournaments, like they're playing them now on Fox and it's like 250,000, you know, as opposed to now it's million. Um, He's won a lot of things. 65 million. 65 million. Former's only gone 40 million. It's 122 and a half million dollars. Jesus Christ. Can you believe that? Fox Sports I wages. can, but that's actually, that seems like the right number. But I thought it was going to be some crazy yeah, I was low number. I, because, I thought so too. Uh, you know, who, who knows? I'll tell you an interesting experiment. Go and have a look at how much prize money Kelly Slater's won. It's, is it a lot? It's piss poor. It's yeah. for a bloke that's as good that's as you. Because it's a four nation sport. I, so don't get me started on surfing. 
Okay, I think it, if, if, if television shot that properly, it'd be one of the great TV sports. Oh, great. That's a good point. Totally every agree. time someone wants to bring up, oh, Kelly Slade is the greatest athlete in the history of the world. Oh, hang on. Who surfs? Americans, Hawaiians, Australians, the odd South African or Portuguese bloke, and that's it. Yeah, there's not many Scottish. Not <laughs> I, mean, I mean, next you'll be, yeah, you be telling me, you know, Gary Ablett is the greatest athlete of all time. <laughs> Well, if you're from Victoria, you probably say that and say it with a straight face too. All I right. the, I remember the Olympics. Drew Morford would do the diving, and, and the gun guy was from China, and he goes, "He's the Gary Ablett of diving." <laughs> <laughs> Which ones? You'd want to be junior. You wouldn't want to be senior because there's a rocky, rocky uh, off off field sort of history there. Well, maybe maybe Drew knew something about the rest of us did. All right, here's another one. Yes. What is the current women's world record for the hundred meter sprints? And then I thought I won. How, how many? How many questions are we playing in? Best of five, mate. It's five questions. You're one up. Two to go. I reckon I know this. It's Flo Joe, and she was doped up to the eyeballs. I'm going to say ten point four nine. What do you got, former? Nine point nine nine. Doesn't matter what you've got because it's ten point four nine on the dot. <laughs> Although, although something about sport. Although Britney Spears has claimed to do it in four point eight nine last week on Instagram. So, did, did you see that, Dan? Well, what has she gone North Korean or something? Oh, she's lost her mind. That poor girl. She said she'd done it. She was doing sevens, but she couldn't break through the sevens. But she put her mind to it and, and broke the five. So. <laughs> Hang on, what, doing 100 metres? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Yeah. We don't know. She may have done it. She looks doped up to her eyeballs as well and other things. She's going to have to start following her on Instagram. <laughs> oh, it's, it's a comedy. It's, she burned a gym down this week. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't see that. She burned a gym down. She's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> oh, All right, this is, this is the last question. Uh, Dan, you've already won two, yeah. two to blot. But this was an interesting question that I had to Google the answer to. Being a Triple M man yourself... How many mm. albums have the Foo Fighters made? Hmm. So you got to factor in how many before they became big. I will say 18. 18. Former's got 14. It's nine. Oh. It's quality. Really? Quality, wow. not quantity. Well, Jeez, that doesn't explain why Triple M flogs the tears out of them. Ah, oh, ding, ding, ding. See, so that used to be Nickelback. That joke is... Nickelback, now you're now I don't mind anyway. There's worse songs to be playing all the time. Nickelback being one of them, actually. I just want to. I don't uh, mind Nickelback either. And apparently, apparently, one of the great acts to go and see live. So there you go. There you go. There's something to look out for. Well, I just want everyone to know I've done six studio albums <laughs> for a sales record of about uh, five. What's your check you get each year? What's that worth? I got a check one year for three dollars sixty-eight. <laughs> From APRA. Thanks, APRA. Hey? What are these comedy albums or music albums? Music. music. He, he yeah. th- thinks he's serious. Yeah. Anyway. What do you play? I play bass guitar. Hey, I found, I found, oh, so who do you, are you John McVie or who's your, here, sorry, why would I go to the, the bass guitarist to Fleetwood Mac? Who's your idol? Flea. Yeah, I love Flea. Sw- uh, Flea? Yeah. Right. Um, but I there's found so many. something on YouTube. Now, this is a YouTube dive. It's something called Jamal Reactions. So it's this hip-hop producer who's about 40. And gotta, gotta people send him Jamal reactions. songs that they love, yep. like Fleetwood Mac or Doobie Brothers or whatever. Um, 
and he just reacts to them. Trust me, it's very, very good. We're okay. writing that down. We'll have a look. We'll check that out for sure. Very good. It's just when you've got an hour to kill, and bloody hell, don't we all have hours to kill? <laughs> I mean, I, it'll get you through. Mate, I can, can't uh, recommend uh, Pornhub Premium highly enough. Anyway, um, let me let me just say you've uh, lost nearest the pin yet again this week, former. I, I can't I can't get a start. No, you're no good at it. I'll tell you what, um, Dan. As we said once once again, you're one of our favourites here at Full Credit, the boys, and that's not pissing in your pocket. You can follow this champion on Twitter at Dan Ganane, Instagram Dan underscore Ganane. Oh, it's a very active account that. Um, <laughs> but also, you can listen to his podcast with the great Joel Sugar Kane. That's called Get Him On Side, and it's worth a yes. listen to. It's uh, some really good interviews there, actually. Double-headed with Gussie there at one stage. Mate, thank you very much for your time. Thank you for making yourself available. Uh, enjoy the coronavirus like we all are. <laughs> Pleasure, boys. Let's let's just fingers crossed. Twenty three days for no players to stuff up. Yeah, don't like it, chance. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Thanks, Bye-bye. mate. Bye. Electrical. Do you need electrical work done? NDF Electrical provides expert service and advice on a wide range of commercial and residential projects. With over 23 years experience, NDF Electrical have you covered for all your electrical needs from the Gold Coast, Tweedheads, Byron Bay and everywhere in between. For a free quote, go to ndfelectrical.com.au. NDF Electrical. All right, Sid, with uh, thanks to the number one electrical company in all of the world, it's time for the number one podcasting segment in all the world. It's time for this. We all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your way. No message could be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. Yes, it's time for Grammar Mirrors. Don't forget, you can reply to my original tweet on Tuesdays at uh, around 7.30. We use the hashtag Grammar Mirror, hashtag GAM. Also do another tweet at around 3.30. Uh, with thanks to the boys from NDF Electrical, Sid, I'm going to go first. You go first, my friend. Grammar Mirror, Graham Walters. Who's Graham Walters? Well, I'm glad you asked. He's a 72-year-old, and uh, Graham is the current world record holder for, and I'll, I'll write these, I'll say these out, there's three of them. Yeah. He's the oldest person to row across the Atlantic solo. Pointless. He's the oldest person to row across any ocean solo. Good on him. And he's the oldest person to row across the same ocean multiple times. Now, that's pretty impressive stuff. He's a rower. For a geriatric bloke who spends months at a time going backwards. Now, in these unprecedented times, Sid, mm-hmm. a global pandemic, if you will, social distancing and uh, uh, self-isolation, hand sanitising and mask wearing. It'd be easy just to go jump into bed and ask to be woken up when it's all over. Well, Especially at that age, get a sponge bath and have a nap. <laughs> this week, Graham completed another transatlantic row from the Spanish island of Gran Canaria uh, to Antigua in the West Indies. It took a total of 96 days for wow. the voyage. Um, and when he left in January, coronavirus really wasn't a story. <laughs> and he missed the whole spread of the coronavirus pandemic. So when he finally hit dry land this week... He couldn't figure out why everyone was wearing masks, filming him, and no one would give him a hug or even pat him on the back. Oh, you'd be hard done, boy. He, th- he said, I thought my footy trip to Bangkok in 1972 was finally catching up with me. Now, 
having <laughs> been catching up with someone. Finally, uh, sorry, having been in open waters since January 25, Walters had missed many things like finding out the winner of Dancing with the Stars, <laughs> Kenny Rogers dropping off the perch, and what royal duties Prince Harry and his wife Megan have been up to. Fortunately, Graham, a mad NRL fan also, uh, who loves the Sydney Roosters, hasn't missed one single Roosters win in 2020 <laughs> since he started rowing in January. Now, ask what was the first thing he would do. Uh, Graham said he was looking forward to actually going back to a hotel room, sitting on a proper toilet and having a decent Brad Pitt. <laughs> journalist probably uh, journalist immediately recommended he might want to save that up given there's no shit of paper anywhere in the Caribbean at the moment. <laughs> he can sit in there for 14 days, you reckon. <laughs> Well, and it hasn't all been doom and gloom for Graham since uh, he stepped back on shore with his wife delivering some of the good news stories. And they included, good news for Graham, you get your own hour at the shops these days. <laughs> Bad news, it's at 7am. Uh, good news, you don't have to go on a waiting list to get into a nursing home anymore. Uh-huh. There's uh, spaces available. Bad news, people are always ringing day and night to check on your welfare. Good news, not only are your rowing records getting you in the Guinness Book of Records, the way COVID-19 is ripping through the UK, you're on track to be the oldest man there in about three months' time. <laughs> uh, good news, the easiest way to be famous these days isn't to roll across the Atlantic, it's to get on, a, get on the meth, grow a mullet and buy some tigers. <laughs> anyway, I'll leave it there, but grab a mirror, Graham, you lucky bastard. Get back out in the water where it's safe, unless you're on a cruise ship. Equal 10. At Jamie Mouse 2609 What's Jamie got to say? Grab a mirror, hashtag Dean Laidley. <laughs> you look so much better as a brunette. Should have hashtag grabbed a mirror. Dude looks like a Laidley. Equal 10. At Beard Batman. Hashtag grab a mirror. My trusty old washing machine. You were left discarded at the roadside, all faded and dented, and I look at you as a desperate act of a broken broke bachelor. And still you lasted me well over a decade with minimal repairs. Rest in peace, you noisy, leaky bastard. Gone too soon. Vale. <laughs> Equal 10. At Big Mac Keeper. Says, grab a mirror people who want to have Zoom meetings and make it hilarious <laughs> by wanting to do some stupid ideas. Let's dress up. Let's wear a funny hat or take us on a tour of your house. Think of the people that can't do this, like AFL coaches who like dress up in male, female clothes, <laughs> or IGA workers. Hey, <laughs> what about that that boss that turned themselves into a had a Pumpkin. filter? It was a potato. Couldn't change it. Back. Uh, I, I can't. I can't change this. <laughs> and they're the boss. What a great company that is. That was IGA. Equal ten. I heard it was Virgin. Um, at cricket flog says hashtag grab a mirror AFL crossdresses. <laughs> Who knew that we'd get a few of these today? I've always heard the game referred to as handbag bashes. Maybe it's true. Nice legs, though. Hashtag talk other games down. Did have good pins. Equal 10. That'll be an asset in jail. At Jared Campo. Hashtag grab a mirror of the Daily Telegraph. After death riding the NRL for two months, your headline about how good it is to see players coming back is a backflip Cherry Evans would be proud of. Hashtag piss off you low car, Michaels. Hashtag... 10 from the Russian, hashtag I burst my spleen. Good one. Equal 10. At Big Mac Keeper. Hey. Hashtag grab a mirror of the Titans. Couple entries. Grab a mirror of the Titans. If ever you need an excuse to get rid of that anti-vaxxer out of your club, now is the chance. Hashtag no needles, no play. You've got to think they'll be pulling out all stops to get him on the field. <laughs> nine. Hey, we're up to nine already. At tool is God, 777. 
Um, hashtag grab a mirror. Didn't put the R at the end of it. Whatever. To the 40-something. We'll still accept that. It was I, on a Tuesday. I love this because I know a bloke that does it. Hashtag grab a mirror to the 40-something absolute weapon that dropped his pants and undies all the way to the ankles at the urinal on the survey the other day. <laughs> You know a bloke who does that? I'll tell you off here who it is. There was well, I know the guy. 100%. Yeah, man. There was always one kid in primary school that did that. Guess he never grew out of it. Hashtag creepy. Hashtag made me laugh. It's the only way he's ever been taught. Eat. I actually didn't know that was a thing. Guess his dad left him early. Ah, oh, mum will teach you. Pull your pants all the way down. <laughs> all right. <laughs> How have you been chipped before now? <laughs> you got to 40. Yeah. <laughs> he don't care. We're in a footy. No, That's I'll tell you how I was being taught. I was going to tell you, sorry. No, but, uh, tell us, tell us. We're in a footy prezzo. Yeah. And one of the blokes, he's a, he's a bloke that you know, you've heard of. Okay. We were, me and my other mate were at the shitter and I looked over at the urinal and my mates, and you know him, pulled his pants all the way down to his ankle to have a piss. And this first grader come in, and mate, he gave him one of the greatest sprays I've ever fucking seen. He was destroyed. Was I don't it? know who it is. Oh, I'll tell you in a minute. Give me their uh, initials. At, no, at Schooner's Versity. Did I press the button? Is this number eight? I think so. I yeah, I did. Yeah, you did. Okay, good. Hashtag grab a mirror farts. For 37 years, we've had an agreement. You make a noise and smell and that's it. Today, you breached both our agreements and my Reg Grundies. It's uh. going to take a lot to trust you again. More follow through than a, at Tiger Woods. Put him in it. Drive. Hashtag <laughs> must have been the chicken. I wonder if Tiger Woods looks at that tweet and thinks, I'm going to reply to that fella. What the fuck is that about? Seven. <laughs> How do I get dragged into that? <laughs> At Biggest Falu says, grab a mirror underpants. <laughs> she says, a common theme. Not around your ankles. You are meant to last more than 10 days. They're getting a bit fruity after about four in isolation. Kmart should have said you had to wash them. Though I did find a tomato growing from a seed in a skid mark. Uh, <laughs> Jesus, I didn't read through that. 10 days? My ass is a hothouse. Hashtag now on the windows. Oh, hill. there's more. Hashtag water daily. Hashtag salad, anyone? That's putrid. What's the longest you've worn the same pair of undies? Four days. Yeah. Camping. Is, is today the fourth? Inside. <laughs> normal way. Six. Back to front, inside yeah, I'm out. Sorry, I asked. Inside out, back to front. Stink. Um, at Galpo seventy eight says, grab a mirror. <laughs> the medical staff who tested Trent Robinson for coronavirus. Seriously, it's just a bee sting. Hashtag <laughs> swollen face isn't a sign of COVID. Hashtag grab a mirror. What are we up to? I don't know. Let's press this one. Five. I think that's what we're up to. At Common Fear says, grab a mirror anyone who thinks by putting a grab a mirror in, it will be read out. Hashtag what a dick hat. Hashtag be funny, not demanding. Hashtag eat a fat one. Hashtag what about me? Well, yeah, it worked. <laughs> yeah. Four. At Milram361. Hey, Milram. Grab a mirror counting. You have become irrelevant. <laughs> At Bunnings, while I wait at the left-handed screwdriver aisle at the limit that says, at the sign that says limit four customers per aisle, I have to wait for five point two of the eight point two in there to leave. Then old mate strolls in. Hashtag grab a mirror. Hashtag bring back the snags. Can I have a go now? Would you? All right. Grab a mirror. Winges. <laughs> in these unprecedented times, former, we all know the coronavirus is the greatest threat to mankind. Since the last greatest threat we had, 
And it's tough living in these times when the only way we can save the world is by sitting on your couch watching Netflix. It's difficult times, but just because you're at home, in the trenches, if you will, (laughs) suffering unimaginable hardships, doesn't mean you should stop complaining about things. All you millennial Mandelas should still be finding things to be outraged about, and they are, former. Thankfully, opinion pieces, blogs, and Instagram posts are still held up as real journalism nowadays. Here are a few things that people sitting on their ass saving the world have been getting outraged about recently. Mm. The whiteness of Toy Story 4. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A animated film with Woody and Buzz. They're not just the names of your sex toys, Formers. <laughs> they are the main characters of Toy Story, and make no mistake, they are racists. They should be renamed Adolf and Pol Pot. Hopefully in Toy Story 4 we'll get that plot twist. That'll be amazing. Um, Stephen Galloway decided to write a piece for a magazine that nobody reads and stated, I was going to buy a copy of Toy Story 4 for a five-year-old African-American girl a friend adopted recently. Bullshit alert. Bullshit alert. None of that happened, Stephen. (laughs) Let's be honest. (laughs) But he goes on to say, but I've changed my mind. Because Toy Story teaches her that a child like you is an outsider, kept at a distance from everything fun in American life. And I want young Winnie to grow up with wholesome black role models. So I bought her the complete set of The Cosby Show. Good one. Nice. And it doesn't stop there, former. Millennials are finding a lot of TV shows problematic. It's my new favourite word. (laughs) What's that mean? Problematic. I'm too scared to actually make a point, but I can't actually make want to a tell decent that... argument. It's <laughs> yeah. just problematic, and you are in the wrong. People are complaining that the TV show Friends was homophobic and no. fat shaming. The only thing I found Friends was unfunny, exactly, and punishing. Well, now it's homophobic and fat shaming. One of the chicks in it, that dark-haired one, she was fat as a kid. You can't say that anymore. How I Met Your Mother another unfunny show, was sexist and Barney was a sexual predator. Was he? It's not how I watched it. (laughs) Two and a half men, that was homophobic. I wouldn't think so. And I Dream of Jeannie. How are they picking on (laughs) I Dream of Jeannie? That was sexist, apparently, as Jeannie is a submissive woman who calls the main character master and grants all of his wishes. I can't see anything wrong with that. (sighs) I hope these people don't watch Kingswood Country, but another news... (laughs) Or Blazing Saddles. You dead set can't make this stuff up. You are not being sent to war at the age of 15 in a country far away from your own to die in the trenches. You are sitting at home on your fat ass complaining about television. What an entitled, self-absorbed, selfish bunch of whinging pricks you've become. Grab a mirror and have a look at what is the real problem. Can I uh, tell you, bring you about a problem that I've found this week? Sure. I've watched. You're going to whinge about something? Yeah, Go ahead. I Go. actually am. Do it. First of all, mm. anything labelled amateur porn, <laughs> there's more than two cameras. That's not amateur. <laughs> That's a professional operation. Yeah, mind a fair you. gripe. That is a fair gripe. <laughs> Second of all, it's not amateur if it's the same hotel room that I've seen four other amateur videos in, which I'm starting to notice. Yeah, you have clocked the whole thing. <laughs> And uh, thirdly, <laughs> I found a video yesterday, yeah. and I, mate, I swore at the at the first watch. I thought 
that's Josh Mansour. <laughs> and so I had to watch it three more times, <laughs> which all of a sudden I'm not thinking about knocking the top off it. I'm thinking, is that Josh Mansour? I had to watch something. Fucking Penrith had it again. Why are you typing into uh, Pornhub Mansour's? Oh, wait. <laughs> Man. I'm not typing that into. I'm typing that into pilot.com.au. It's That's good, disgusting. Good anyway. But, yeah. No. Um, but it wasn't Josh Mansour. Just to just to ascertain, it wasn't. I watched three or four times. And the, definitely. I had, definitely. I, I googled Josh Mansour's tats. It wasn't him. Okay. Good. I'm glad we got that out of the way. Three. At Darren McGuinness. Grab a mirror Cam Smith and shave off that ridiculous beard. Walking around looking like Wookie's hairy ass isn't fooling anyone. We all still know you're the referee's boss. Well, you've got a theory on beards. Well, You've been very vocal <laughs> about it all year. The last bloke that walked around with a beard, no longer uh, he's working at Oatly Wet Markets. <laughs> <laughs> walking his dog and doing happens, not much else. Happens when you're thinning on top. You try and compensate. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Two. Maybe that's what he's going to do. He's going to go for the old... Cut the hair off and put it over the top of the Devon patch. Yeah, yeah, just sweep it up. It's nasty in the breeze, though. At Ben Pugsley says, Grab a mirror, unprecedented use of hand sanitizer. When watching Hollywood movies right now, I can't tell if the character is an evil genius or just following good personal hygiene. Hashtag rub heads together. Hashtag evil ass. Laugh. Hashtag look out behind you. And who got number one this week, former? One. At Ben Ducky 472. Hashtag grab a mirror, Nathan Cleary. If you're going to be in a video with four chicks, at least make it worth watching like your old mate Tyrone Mayer did. Hashtag let's TikTok more big cock. <laughs> like Josh Mansour did. It wasn't Josh Mansour. <laughs> okay. Was it uh, Chinocchio? <laughs> we all want you to go grab a mirror. We're all hoping that you'll change your Well said, as uh, as we do every time this week, it's time to get a bloke on to talk some obscure stats, and it's time to hear from... He's the stat man. It's Andrew Ferguson from rugbyleagueproject.org, or you can listen to him on Fergo and the Freak Podcast. How are you, brother? Doing good, thanks, guys. Yourself? Good, good, good. Now, good. Uh, what have you got for us this week? We've got the uh, the best winning record by a team that has played at least eight games at Leichhardt Oval in May. <laughs> right. Well, that should be easy. I mean... <laughs> Don't, don't really need you here. We'll we'll cover off on this, Sid. Off, <laughs> off you go. You get five. <laughs> All right, let's do this. Ready? Five. Yeah. Number five, we've got the Magpies. Hey. They racked up five wins from 12 games, giving them a, a success rate of 41.67%. 41% for the old mighty Magpies was pretty yeah. damn good. <laughs> that was a good season. Glory days, they call it. Yes. Four. Manly. <laughs> They've played eight games of the Grand Old Girl in May, winning half of them. Interesting. 50%. Why have they played eight games in May? Oh, I suppose it goes on how many years? Yeah, I it? suppose, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's since 1930 when um, Leichhardt first got used. Okay. Three. Parramatta. They've got a respectable six wins from 11 games at 54.55%. Mitch Moses had nothing to do with any of those victories either. <laughs> Good news. Two. 
The mighty Balmain Tigers. Yes. Racked, racked up 51 wins. wins from 89 games at their spiritual home. An impressive 57.3% success rate. Well, that makes me scared because who is... One. The West Tigers. Yes. There you are. <laughs> Thank God for that. They've won seven of their eight games at the Fortress. 87.5% success rate. If hmm. anyone calls it the spiritual home of the West Tigers, though, it really gives me the shits. <laughs> Spiritual home of the West Tigers is split up to seven ways most years. <laughs> yeah. I think it was saying spiritual home for the Magpies as well, but I thought that might irritate a few too many people. Obviously, Wank Best is our new spiritual home. Yeah. Tamworth um, until the Warriors <laughs> got in on our territory. Yeah. We've had uh, heaps of home grounds. Mate, uh, how's the podcast going? Yeah, kicking along well. We're doing two hours of uh, bitching about journos and shit at the moment, so that's going fantastic. And yet you still can't get blocked by Widler. It's interesting. No, no, no. He loves me. Yeah. Keep trying. Yeah. Won't take long. Trust me. Um, (laughs) And, uh, of course, rugbyleagueproject.org has a Patreon there. Um, It's a wonderful service. It's a wonderful source for all sort of stats as far as rugby league is concerned, not only Everyone Australian, uses it. but internationally as well, mate. And um, the Patreon there is for subscribers, if they can give you a hand. Um, anything else we should cover off on? Follow Andrew at Andrew RLP on Twitter. Is there anything else? Instagram, oh, Grinder. Are tic- you on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not on TikTok. Oh, that's why I like you. That's why I like you a lot. <laughs> Only I, don't get into that, I don't get into that shit that the kids do, like TikTok and fantasy yeah. NRL. Grow like up, that's what I tell you. Get on TikTok. Follow me on TikTok. Yeah. At Sid Punts. Yeah. All one word. All one word. And that, that is rhyming slang, let me tell you. <laughs> Grow up. All right, brother, we'll talk to you next week. That, of course, was Andrew RLP. He is... He's a stat man. All right, Sid, let's end the show with a little bit of this. Sack. Open the sack, empty the sack. The boys sack. Boys sack mail and feedback time. We've had a couple of five star reviews, Sid, and I thought I'd just try and keep on top of these on iTunes. Uh, first one comes from Bra SE uh, 2. Hashtag 2. I don't know what that is. Number 2, perhaps. Um, Whatever. Bra SE number Thanks, 2. Thanks, Bra. Um, nowhere else can you find deep analysis of household sports such as rugby league, cricket, Belarusian soccer, and Excel spreadsheets. Uh, weekly stop for a good laugh and keep up the good work, Sid and Former. Thank you very much. Uh, it's Former and Sid, by the way. No, um, no, you got it right. And the other one's from <laughs> Rich 19P. Too funny. It takes about three hours to get through an episode where you're listening to the crude humour and jokes. Outstanding. Boys are a great laugh and an easy listen. Thank you very much to both of you people. I now, don't think we're crude, are we? That's um, controversial. But anyway, thanks for listening. What else have we got to say? Not much. Membership packs. Please go and buy some. Oh, there, there's none in Coles again. I went there the night on the way here. There's actually none in my cupboard either. <laughs> I sent the last one That's to... Uh, <laughs> actually are panic boying. <laughs> yeah, I sent them all across the globe. Yeah, but yeah. we're getting more. We're on more on the way? Yeah, there should be more on the way. Thanks to our good friends at Mare Inc. Go to www.fullcreditoftheboys.bigcartel.com. Yes, and thank you to Dan Ganane for joining us tonight. Absolute champion. Really he had a bit fellow. of a bad line. Yeah. But uh, hopefully it didn't sound too bad. Um, someone interesting next week, possibly. We're just trying to work on that tonight. I've got to, got to get back to him. Logistics. Yeah. We've got a team, our whole team of people working on it as we speak. 
There's nobody. There's nobody here. Uh, anything else? No, that's all. Thank you very much for listening. And if we can go out this way, everybody, everybody in the house of love. Huh. Everybody, everybody in the house of love. Hey. Good night. Good night. Good night.